Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films, albums, and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome back to the We Are Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. Today we're starting a new franchise going to be talking about for the next five weeks including the wrap-up the purge i'm your host al white and joining me is well returning allison holland hello people will know your dulcet tones from child's play texas chainsaw massacre invasion of the body snatchers uh, is that it danny boyle, danny boyle. Danny, fucking hell you've done a lot <laughs> you've been <laughs> you're a good reoccurring and sort of newcomer we have our friend lee comley hello hello so people, if they listen to our regular show, if you head on over to wearegeeks.com, wearegeeks.com, you can patch on out to our iTunes and to all the podcast stuff, and you can listen to this Friday show where we run through loads of different horror retrospective franchises, or you can listen to our normal show, which we haven't done one in a month, but we used to do weekly. And Lee, you've guessed it on a bunch of those. So if people have listened to Geeks, then they might know you. They may do. You're someone when I'm in the UK, I love to bring you in for game talk because you know your shit. <laughs> as you proved last night as we're playing video games you're a very good gamer much better than me much until 5 a.m yeah that's true until we got onto street fighter then you kicked my ass ah uh, you do yeah, mm, mm, i don't know about <laughs> that don't know you were definitely better at doritos crash course 2 it's <laughs> where the my classic, skills lie the classic crisp slash chip game thank you guys for joining me we finished off last week with romero's living dead we thought we we're gonna do some, let's do something small this is our smallest retrospective yet just four films Five, like I said, including the wrap-up. There's a little bite-sized one, but we're doing it because we're trying to be topical. Pur- the first Purge is coming out in just a few weeks' time. So we're going to be doing this leading into that film. We tend to have a rule of four films or more. So this is the lowest, lowest that we've had. Because I feel when you're like under four films, you're either just a sequel or a trilogy. Four onwards, you're a franchise. You know? Excellent. Yes. Silent <laughs> nods. <laughs> I was really just thinking good. through, but I do agree with you. I do agree with you. <laughs> so yeah okay so when we start these we did takes a little longer our intro because we like to say where we're at with these series how we're introduced to them and why we're doing it so like that's really why we're doing this one we tend to do these podcasts if you are new to us hello and i'm sorry hi but we tend to do them with three people one person's a fan one person kind of is aware of it and might have seen something and another person is as brand new as we can possibly find this one's different so I tend to be the host on all of them because we always have the fan as the host, which is why Alex does the Star Wars ones. And I tend to, yeah, I mean, let's face it, I watch a lot about horror. So I'm the fan of all of the horror franchises. This one is very unique to us and is a complete novelty. Not only is it short, but I have not seen all of these films. And there's only wow. three of them. In fact, I've only seen the first one. Really? So I'm very interested in seeing... Uh, where it goes i bought the other ones and i wanted to see them but for some reason i just never got around to it i'm very aware of them and i know roughly what happens in them but like i don't i've never yeah actually go around seeing interesting uh, so what about you guys have either of you seen these before i have not seen any of them i had seen 
I remember seeing for sure the trailer for this first one that we are about to review. I'm sure I've seen other trailers in the theater here and there, but I never went to the theater. I never purchased it at home. Exactly the same with me. I really liked the premise. I just remember it's um, kind of uh, being a first initial trailer that really struck me, but just never really got around to watching it. Yep. Yeah. So just to be clear for people who uh, aren't you to listen to this, I've just said Alison's done a whole bunch of these horror franchises before with us. Up until that point, you hadn't watched that much horror. Now you've been dragged through some real shit. Exactly. <laughs> That's real. why I, like, I've always been fascinated by horror, but I never really, like no one in my family really is ever, was ever interested in it and neither any of my friends in high school were. So I never really went out and watched any. And now you've been dragged through the dark alleyways. And now I was looking over the list of the films that have come, or the horror films that came out <laughs> in this year, and I was like, wow, I've seen three of these. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really am sorry. <laughs> but yeah, you're not as broken as you used to be. Or you could say you're more broken in a different way. But I mean, like, you are, you're not quite as new to this stuff. Lee, people don't know, what is your relationship with horror movies? I know your fav- for a fact, your favorite film of all time is the Ghostbusters reboot. But... <laughs> How are you? <laughs> the horror films. Well, it's this running joke between me and you that you think I hate horror films, which is not the case at all. Um, but I don't really go in for like torture porn and stuff like that. And I think not so much now, but relatively recently, that was kind of the, the real genre of horror that was in the cinemas for a while. And so I kind of had avoided horror for a while. But no, I'm open to, open to new things. So... Looking forward to uh, getting through this series and see, seeing what it has in store. <laughs> looking forward to getting through this series. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to being done already. Looking forward to seeing the fucking taillights on this one. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's a short one. Low commitment. Just to, be clear, just to be clear, the Ghostbusters reboot is a horror film. So you, you do like horror films. It's because you're a misogynist. That's why it's a horror film. That's true. I just hate women. Um, all right. So The Purge uh, came out in 2013. It gets a 5.7 out of 10 on the IMDb's. Before we get into all the rigmarole about it and who's in it and why the fuck they made it, we like to little look a little. We like to little look. We like to take a little look at the landscape of movies that year. We're just talking about 2013, so not that long ago. Um, what's that? Five years ago now? Yep. Yeah. Five years? Wow. Yeah, all right. They've already put out three, fourth one coming out. So it's almost an annual franchise now. Who has... Uh, Lee, I believe you have the top 10 worldwide grossing films of 2013 so we can understand what, what is going on. do indeed. Yeah, we've got a terrifying film at number 10. It's Thor, The Dark World. That is a terrifying <laughs> I just rewatched that. It's a piece of shit, that is. Well, the worst thing about that film is how dull it is. It's just so boring. I'd much rather a bad, you know, really bad film. Than just a boring one. But still, number 10. Made a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As they usually do. Other people disagree with me. Yep. Clearly. And number nine, we've got Man of Steel. Equally terrifying. <laughs> yeah. More superheroes. Right. I mean, uh, the first half of that, actually, I kind of like. But then it turns into a Dragon Ball CGI battle. of oh, Exactly. Yeah. Stupid Diddy. Yeah. Uh, number eight, we've got Gravity. I love Gravity so much, man. Me too. I did too. not. You didn't know what the fuck is wrong no, with you. No, I went and saw it with a coworker in college and I kind of left being like, it was cool and there are aspects of that I, that I appreciated, but I, I thought it was so slow. What? I really <sighs> thought it was so slow. I remember oh thinking God. it was like the, what is it? A 30 minute take? The, the opening. Is that it? Is yeah. it 30 minutes or yeah. something around there? Something like, I don't know. 
Um, I thought that was awesome, but I was like, that doesn't make it a good movie. Like, I just, the narrative no, like, was super slow for oh, me, and I didn't really get much from it. It was categorically wrong. <laughs> I, I saw it in IMAX 3D, and I think it's probably the only 3D film I've really walked out of and gone, wow, that was incredible. So, really? I agree completely. Yeah, I genuinely think it's the only film that should only be seen in 3D. Yeah. Like, yeah, I really, I like, it's the only film. That, there are some films which are better in 3D, not many, but there are some. But that is the only film where, like, yeah, this is just better. Like, yeah. Yeah, like it should only be seen in this way. Because of the, like, I think it's a real director's film, to be honest, because of the way it's shot, because of those 30-minute shots and, like, getting you inside a helmet and then coming out of a helmet. Like, it's all about trying to immerse you in it. Yeah. And the 3D really helps with that a lot. Yeah. Do you remember Neil deGrasse Tyson's tweets about this movie and how upset he was? With, like, some <laughs> oh, of, no. some of the... <laughs> yeah, some of the, like, scientific notes that they completely acknowledged and ran with and then there were others that they just completely ignored and he was so angry because <laughs> he was amazing. like if either you create your own world and you create your own rules or if you decide to follow these you follow all of them and so he was so <laughs> mad and i actually i had gone to south by that year and i saw a talk with him and someone asked him about his tweets and he just like started rolling his eyes again he was like don't get me started <laughs> it was really what funny joy Sounds like an angry, ang- sounds like a grumpy nerd. Fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> what else came okay. out? Uh, number seven, we got Monsters University. Oh, hmm. I never saw yeah, this. Sorry. I saw it on an airplane once. I like it. I think. I mean, it's not as good as the first one, but it's good. No, it's good. Good fun. Uh, Fast and Furious Six in a number six. I think it might have been the last Fast and Furious I saw. Maybe I saw seven. I don't remember. They're all the same. Though. <laughs> they yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. And then at number five, we've got the Hunger Games Catching Fire. Mm-hmm. Which one's that? Is that, Is that the second know. one? Hunger Games. But there's only actually four, aren't there? There's three the books. Two... They broke up the last one yeah. into two films. Yeah, so Catching Fire must be the second one. And then you had the two last ones, mm. part one and part two, which was like, wow, was it really only that long ago? The second one. I like the second one a lot. That's my favorite one. Yeah. Good. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good job. And uh, number four, we have The Hobbit, The Desolation, Desolation of Smog. I always I think of Haruka when I think of The Hobbit. <laughs> because she <laughs> starred as Bilbo. She, she just loves, I feel like she loves The Hobbit and references she it all really the time. Loves the Hobbit. She's very angry with the films. Very angry with Aww. the films. But she loves the book. Loves the book. Number three, we've got Despicable Me 2. That seems to be a Despicable Me film out every fucking podcast I do. When we talk about a year, there's always a Despicable Me film. We have talked about 2013 so many times. Have we? Have we done this list? Yes. This happens a lot. I have done this list twice for sure, maybe more than that. You should have memorized that. Why am I sat here with a list think, when you've got well, it in your I don't head? know, maybe. <laughs> What's next yeah. then, Ali? What do you think? Have a guess. Wait, what number are we on? Three? Two. Or number two. two. She's normally good at this game. No, she I'm not. I'm a... always the one reading it. <laughs> no, you have an uncanny knack of retaining information that is yeah, arbitrary. But I don't <laughs> you can remember. have a clue, Robert Downey Jr. What? Was there Robert Downey Jr.? 13. Well, okay. Do we have more superhero this year? Yes, it's Iron Man sure. 3. Ah, yeah. of course. I'm going to say something controversial. The best of the Iron Man movies. What a guest. I really I like this movie a lot. 
pretty high up in my MCU rankings. And at number one, we have the juggernaut that is frozen. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Wait, you know what? I think the times that we have done this, Al, we've done just US. Oh, so done I, Because I was before. like, I feel like Catching Fire should be higher, but I think we've done U- top US grossing, not worldwide, uh, which is interesting that it changes that much. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, sometimes it changes completely. Like You'll have Chinese films in there you've never heard of, which we had a couple of weeks ago on Star Wars. Yeah, we changed format to worldwide recently because like, I want to reflect everybody's films not just america that seems <laughs> thank you very much lee for walking us no through worries. the top 10 so ali i believe you have some of the horror films that came out in 2013 to give us a little taste i sure do we will start with carrie the as remake. our first one yeah who's who's this this is this chloe marietz what's her name a three-pronged lady yep hmm. excellent <laughs> <laughs> This next one, one that our podcast fan base of many, many people is familiar with. Curse of Chucky. Yeah, we covered this one. <laughs> we Head sure on did. back. Yes. What was that two seasons ago? We did the Child's Play series, You, Me, and Alexander Chard. That was yep. a fun one. I enjoyed doing Curse of Chucky was... Uh, oh, actually, we had some, we had some alternate feelings about this one. So. We did, but we all liked Nika. That's true. That's true. So we all yeah. were happy with being introduced to our new favorite main character. Yeah, people should check out those. After that, we have The Conjuring. Okay, James Wan really getting, getting it's, uh, into his stride here with his The Conjuring universe after Insidious, The Conjuring, The Nun. That's coming out. Uh, what else? Annabelle, Tall Man, something. <laughs> So hold on, there's a whole universe. No, no, really, I'm not making this stuff up. These aren't words. <laughs> I'm just I know, <laughs> they are words. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they are words. That's true. <laughs> Uh, after that we have the evil dead this is one of my all-time favorite horror movies both the original and remake and i know a lot of people hate the remake ali this was the introductory horror film i showed you wasn't it yep in south dakota you me and nate in a creepy cabin surrounded by snow with no way to escape (laughs) if you your intentions were in fact to murder me (laughs) they weren't because here i am like hello new friend (laughs) Hey, you've known me for less than a month. Let me take you to South Dakota without a car, put you in a cabin, and show you the evil dead. I mean, it seems completely reasonable to me. Yeah, for some reason I was okay with it. Lee, have you seen this film? Uh, I've seen the original. I've not seen the remake. You should totally watch the remake. It is. Why do, it so is. Why do you love it and Sorry. why do people hate it, the remake? Because I'm right and other people are stupid. Of course, That's I really should have known. Funny. I should have known that. Yep. Um, I think it's very hard for people to judge something that's, you know, any remakes based on a real classic and Evil Dead is full of charm and it's got an actor in it that people love. Bruce Campbell's like amazing. I love him. And I love that original. I actually love the original more than the second one, which is where it goes really funny. And so with this one, people forget like Bruce Campbell was heavily involved with this. Sam Raimi was heavily involved with this. So this was produced by and overseen by the original people. It's just, you know, a proper reboot and they got a great director on board and it was his debut and I can't believe it because it's fucking just so bold. The acting's not great, the characters aren't amazing, but they just decide to play it serious, and it is fucking nasty. But, like, I'm like you, I hate torture porn, but if I can either have fun or be scared by a horror movie, yeah. um, and this movie, I have a whole bunch of fun, and I, it's genuinely pretty fucking terrifying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. absolutely love it. After that, we have Hatchet 3. Or Adam Green Films. Yeah, not that great, but yeah. 
Uh, after that, we have I spit on your grave part two. <laughs> I felt like I needed to do that in a Russian accent. Why do you need to do that in a Russian accent? Because I feel like <laughs> anything that starts with I spit on I deserves spit on. to be said with a Russian accent. We're offending at least two listeners right now. Well, I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen this one. These are the remakes. I saw the first remake, but not the sequel. Yep, yep. <laughs> After that, we have The Last Exorcism, part two. Found footage sequels. Okay, okay. I feel like it's an interesting decision to have something called The Last, but then also have a part two. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. The yeah, Last, that's... colon, for now. <laughs> the Last... <laughs> Second one. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Next, we have Mama. Oh, I don't like this film. No? No. That's all I have to say. All right. I've never seen it, so we'll go with your I opinion. That was the first film me and Katie saw together, actually. I really don't like it. The first film you saw together? I think so. Yeah, it might have been. A bad horror film, you don't say. <laughs> After that, we have Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yay! Woo! Old leather facey. This is him when he's like a weird portly man. We covered these as well in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre retrospective. Myself, Alison Holland, and Justin Macaroni Maraconda. <laughs> that was a fun a series new, to cover. created a whole new sound, which if you want to hear that sound, you should head over and go to weirdgeeks.com. <laughs> I feel like there was more than one sound. Yeah, but there's one Anytime particular sound Justin which I love. Anytime Justin is around, there's, there are many sounds. Many, <laughs> many sounds. Many, many sounds. Uh, after Texas Chainsaw, there is VHS 2. These are pretty cool. These found footage anthologies. I don't like anthologies, but these ones actually work fairly well. Um, I forget which one I like the most. There's VHS, VHS 2, and then VHS Viral. But they're all, they're all decent. They've all got some good sort of short horror films in there, in the midst. But they're all found footage style, so mm. not for everybody. After that, we have Willow Creek. More found footage, but Bigfoot style. Some people love this movie. Some people will really fucking hate it. Lots of found footage this year. Ago. Yeah. I mean, found footage, you gotta, I mean, is there a paranormal activity film coming up on there? Nope. Interesting. <laughs> I think there would be. It's probably right around this time. I think it was one or two years before. Well, it was 2009 was paranormal activity one. The first one. Maybe month. this was literally just after they finished 2013. Hmm. Oh, I think they took one year off at this point because they were annual for a few years and then I think they took a year off. Or was this the year they had the Mexican one? The, the, um, they had a Mexican paranormal activity, which didn't do as well. Hmm. Yeah. Well, not domestically. No sé. No sé, no sé. Exactly. World War Z is next. Brad Pitt fighting off CGI zombie hordes. And still apparently a sequel coming. What more could but, you want? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I, I believe that sequel when it happens. <laughs> It'll totally <it'll> happen. <laughs> It'll totally happen. Every horror sequel will eventually happen, but yeah. Might be a hundred years from now, but... Mm -hmm. Finally, last on the list, we have We Are What We Are. This is, um, I think this, uh, weirdly, I think we talked about this on uh, Star... No, on one of the Romero ones we just did. There was an original one, which was a Mexican film. It's a cannibal film. Um, it's actually really good. This is the remake, I think. Um, which oh. is also meant to be really good, but I've never seen the remake. Um, yeah, my head's getting all fuzzy because we'd go like back to back from Romero's Living Dead into this stuff. And some of these films we've talked about different iterations, like different installments in those franchises. And then I'm remembering, oh no, you two weren't there for that. So I'm trying to like get my brain into fucking gear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Ali. Yep. Uh, so we're in, so we're entering the purge in the interest time then. Yeah, like found footage is clearly a big thing. There's a lot of that going on. 
quite a few sequels, a few remakes still happening. Yeah, and into all of that, we get The Purge, which is very much... Uh, what's the word for it? We're just like It's a concept film. It's very much like, here's, an, here's a cool idea. Mm. Um, very and that's political. Really, yes, it opens up to a lot of political commentary, which we'll be getting into. Written and directed by James DeMonaco. I think that's how you say him. So this guy, he hadn't really directed before. He had directed one film before this called Little New York, which he'd also written, which actually starred Ethan Hawke as well. Um, so they had worked together. But he was really a writer. He had written The Negotiator back in 1998. <laughs> that Ali doesn't remember that. Do you remember that one, Lee? No. Kevin Spacey, Samuel L. Jackson. Do not that was remember. a big, big blockbuster film in 1998. Mm. Oh, it was pretty funny. Not funny. Uh, so on Precinct <laughs> 13, he wrote the, the remake of that John Carpenter classic, which definitely shares some similarities with this. It's a siege movie where they're trapped inside a police station and people are trying to get in to get them, essentially. Right. On a night when things go pretty crazy. And then he wrote Skinwalkers, which is this weird, I think it's a vampire cowboy movie or something. But this was the first, like, proper movie that he directed. Um, and we'll, we will be talking about him in the next coming week, because he's one of those unusual characters who has actually directed all of these films, I believe. Hmm. So the budget for this, which mainly, so mainly we're watching this one together. We're pretty surprised. We had a little guess. Now, do you know the budget to this, Ali? I do not. Would you like to hazard a guess? Bearing in mind actors, one location yeah. low, things balancing out. Yeah. I will guess two million. Mm. Impressive. Wow. Uh, so Lee was, was going for about 10. I was saying, what did I say, six, I think, or something? It's three million. Three million dollars. Okay. You are the closest by far. Well done. Very nice. Because um, I was I really trying to think if Ethan there's Hawk. any special effects that would have taken up a lot of, but it's not, there's not really much. Yeah, but you've got Ethan Hawke and you've got Lena Headley, which were mm. like, it depends how big she was with Game of Thrones at that point. Um, how much Oh, see, gonna... I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I, all I know is Ethan Hawke. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, only $3 million. Uh, this is, this movie is made with Universal Studios, but also, uh, sorry, published, uh, published? Distributed by Universal Studios. It was made with Blumhouse and Platinum Dunes, both, you know, horror stalwarts, both we've talked about plenty of times before. And uh, gen- generally tended to have rules of keeping your horror films under $10 million. Or, as I was saying to Lee last night, Blumhouse rule is you budget out a film, you find out how much that script would cost to make, and then you split it in half and make <laughs> <laughs> Which is the way they make movies. Did Platinum Dunes also do Texas Chainsaw 3D? Right? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, they did. Did they do 3D? They I did, mean, they right, definitely did the remake. The one uh, right They before. did like all the remakes. They did the Friday the 13th one, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Hitcher. Okay. Did a lot of remakes. Amitville Horror. But this movie made $90 million after its three, over its three million Pretty dollar budget. Good. Showing once again that we should all just be making horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the concept for this film was the writer, uh, director was in a car with his wife and he had some road rage and then she said, wouldn't it be great if we all had one free, free one every year, basically? <laughs> uh, which got That's him pretty thinking. funny. Apparently, he likes to say she's a very, very sweet woman, apparently, and this was uncharacteristic. Except one day so. a year. Yeah, probably just one. As long as she kills one person a year, she's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Her temperament is perfect. Yeah, and so he started writing this stuff. He said in early drafts of the script, they were edging more into satire with it. So they were trying to bring that back. You know, they quickly realized this should be more straight horror essentially. And they definitely had some things that they want to talk about to do with ethics and politics and stuff like that. And we'll, we'll get into that, how well we think it succeeds or not. Uh-huh. What else? Anything else interesting about this? There's some stuff we'll talk about at the end or when we get to it. 
the director did say, however, I read this interview with him where he said that they shot inside on this movie, like inside the house for the whole movie, because basically they only had 19 days to shoot and 2.7 million. He says 2.7 million, but I guess it went up to three um, to work with. And he said if he ever got to make a second film, he would make it more like Escape from New York, which I don't know if you guys know. That's a John Carpenter film with lots of running around outside New York in this sort of weird sort of segregated apocalyptic sort of war so we will see if that comes true next week but for right now let's just get into the meat of the purge so we start and we have some factoids (laughs) america 2022 unemployment is at one percent which is pretty low it's pretty good Uh, crime is at an all-time low violence barely exists with one exception and then they get into this weird quote from the new it's like the new founding fathers, isn't it? For letting us purge and cleanse our souls. Blessed be America. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Being as someone who's just returned to the Star Wars podcast, I'm used to opening crawls. Uh, this one was quite nice and succinct. I quite, yeah. quite like it. It's pretty to the point. Yep, very much so. It's, it's kind of sets up. I mean, if you haven't seen any of the marketing, maybe you won't know quite what the purge is at this point, but it sets it up quite nicely. In yeah. hindsight, was it necessary? No. Uh, no, because they do in the film over and over. They love to tell you over and over again. It hits works. you over the head a million it's times. It's amazing. <laughs> this works. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if I need the unemployment is at 1%. Crime is at an all-time low. I mean, or if I have this, yeah, don't have them saying it works quite so many times. Yeah. In the movie. Well, I don't <laughs> mind it. You've got a kind of creepy vibe straight away. And you do feel like, okay, this is like, this is, yeah, a concept movie. Something interesting sure. in this setup. But we're not that far. Well, it's 2013. So we're just nine years between 2013 and 2022. Mm. That's math. Woo. And a lot has changed in how people feel about <laughs> this purge, I feel. <laughs> like, immediately right at the beginning. So, okay, all right, now, let, let's go to it when we get to it. So we open with all this montage of a CCTV footage of violence. Is this all fake, or is there anything here, do you think, that they've repurposed from police footage? I don't okay. know. I didn't, that thought that didn't even cross my mind. I think it's, it's bound to be fake, surely. They wouldn't All show that fake, sort of real stuff. Well, not the actual real violence, but I was wondering if there's anything of like, yeah, yeah, probably not. Probably not. I was more focused on the years, because it was saying The Purge 2016, yeah. The Purge 2017. And I was like, oh, how yes. weird watching that from 2018. Yeah, yeah. and it's called <laughs> The Purge Feed. So what I want to know, is this just for the government to see or is this for people to a sit at home and feed for people's entertainment? <laughs> Basically, it's like... Watch everybody uh, die. Yeah. I mean, no, it makes sense if they're using this day as like a way to get it out, quote unquote, get it out of your system. If you're not partaking, they might Monetize assume that, that watching it kind of makes you feel a part of it. And you, then you get it out of your system watching people yeah. get killed. No, seriously, like surely if there were, if, if part of this is for the economy as well, it's like you would monetize that. It would be this yeah, Super Bowl thing that you sign up for a special thing to be able to watch the purges at home and change channels yeah. on it or whatever. So maybe they'll get, um, these are the things I'm hoping they're going to get to in a future episode, but we'll see. Well, I think later in the film, the journalists talk about like, I've been watching the feed and I've seen X, Y, and Z. So I think, yeah, I think okay. it's something that people can just generally watch. Which is quite great. Okay. I'm saying if they're not monetizing that shit, they're missing out, buddy. <laughs> you got to monetize murder. But yeah, this is all set to Claire de Lune, which is a very classy song. And I really like this for an opening. I think looking at the CCTV footage, seeing all the violence that's going on, classy music, 
Like, yeah, it's pretty rote, but it works for me. Mm. Like, it's stylish. I agree. Lots of upside down smiles going on. <laughs> I think I enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoyed it. I didn't. I wasn't over the moon with it. I was kind of like, oh, okay, this is like kind of cheeky of them to be playing these like gruesome videos of people being murdered with this like happy or or like low key song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I'm feeling what I like the last image we get of someone like just being ripped off of a fence, basically. And it, it does feel pretty chilling to me. Like, yeah. Lisa. It's something about that CCTV footage. But this is the most we're going to see of outdoors because after this, we're basically just going to be inside this one house um, for the whole film. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. We really are just like in this house for the rest of the movie. Uh, we're dropped straight into Ethan Hawke, who's driving. He's on a phone call, uh, which he then contradicts. But like, so I was a bit confused here. Like, he's like, there's some deal that's going on. We start a phone call and he's being all nice to a competitor, I guess. That was meant to be. But then he like, he's all like, so all like, oh no, we don't know yet. Don't worry about it or something. And then he patches through to his assistant, I think. And then yeah. she tells him that they've won some business deal and he's being like a dick. <laughs> he's such a douche. <laughs> such a fucking douche. He looks but- so waxy also. Did y'all notice that? Oh, he that? always looks pretty waxy. Ethan Hawke's In this a waxy one boy. in particular, like he looked tanned, like really <laughs> self-tanned and like a wax figure from Madame Tussauds. It was really weird. <laughs> well, he just screamed new money, didn't he? I think that was the... He just had, he just had some like liposuction yeah, done. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> He's fresh off the table. <laughs> oh, Nice. It is a weird decision, though, isn't it? I mean, I find this, like, this is a problem I can have with some horror films where they, they're like, oh, here's our character. You're meant to hate him. <laughs> it's like, why would you make me want to hate him? But I immediately do. I like <laughs> Ethan Hawke. But this guy just seems like a complete prick straight away. And they're yeah. really trying to hammer that home to us straight away. Of like, yeah, he's this new money, like, hungry, just self-obsessed kind of thing. But we get some more stuff on the radio, which is given context. People go, hey, what's your purge plan? <laughs> I was really acting like this is very, very normal. So it's been nine years. That's my first question to you guys. Do you buy that society would be this normal with something this extreme after nine years? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you thought about it for a second. <laughs> it does seem that they're only showing families who are pro-purge, which granted we're with the same family this entire time, but their neighbors and the people that we see and the, even the people we hear on the radio... Like the two mm-hmm. that we hear on the radio, the first girl says, oh, I'm just going to, you know, stay at home and lock myself up. But she's mm. not like, I hate this. I think we shouldn't be doing this. I'm so against it. I'm locking up because I'm terrified. I shouldn't be terrified to live in my own country. Like they don't really show any opposing arguments. I think that's a good point is that, yeah, because they do get into it. It's like this family, supposedly, but Ethan Hawke seems to more than his wife, agree with the existence of the purge. They just don't want to yeah. partake in it. Exactly. So I think you fold into the people, yeah, like you say, you don't really see them. Who There must be some people out there who are activists against it. Of course. Um, but I don't know how you'd be a violent activist against something that's about being a violent activist, essentially. Yeah. Protest. Peaceful protest. <laughs> yeah. Good idea. And, you know, obviously, like with the media uh, side the of stuff, like the kind of uh, channels they're showing and stuff like that, it could just be one, one side of the political spectrum. There could be a whole section of the population that, you know. That's true. Fully hate it. So they're just watching and listening to Fox News, basically. And we don't know. I didn't want to say that, but you've taken it there. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, okay, well, so for anyone who doesn't know, if you haven't watched the film for some reason and you, you're completely unaware of it, the concept, it is that, yeah, once a year, there is one night, um, and we'll get into the exact rules of it in a little bit, but wait, basically when people are allowed to go out and purge and basically break almost all the rules that they want to, but we'll get into it. There's a few caveats for that. Um, and this is meant to reset society's anger issues, I guess. Uh, it's, hmm. it's apparently really good for the economy. I don't know how it's really helping with employment. That's the thing that I didn't understand. You kill all the unemployed. That's true. Oh, is that really? Yeah, I guess that is it, isn't it? You're killing the unemployed. So it's kind of the numbers aren't accurate anymore because they are accurate, but it's just less people. Yeah. Well, that's what in in the film, the whole reason this starts is because the group outside is trying to kill the homeless man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of classist stuff going on here. Something about this film just looks really cheap to me immediately, which now makes sense that I know it was made for $3 million, but... <laughs> You can still make a movie look pretty for $3 million. So I looked into these peoples who made the film. We have a DP called Jax uh, Joffrey and a director, yeah, James DeMonico. This is, like I said, James's second movie, but this was Jax as DP, his first movie as a DP. He has worked on huh. electrical department on quite a lot of you know, fairly big stuff, but like big blockbuster stuff. But this is his first time re- being a cinematographer. And it really shows to me. Like for me, this is mm. like very mechanical there's no artistry here in how it's shot it doesn't look very nice at all yeah this movie yeah just that that's just that weird cheap look you know you can't quite put your finger on it's just something to do with the way they handle digital something to do with the grade something to do with like the camera angles it just feels a little cheap like we're saying the sheen on ethan hawke's character like there's that bizarre sheen on the whole film it's like a music video sheen almost i don't know it's cheapness to it that you shouldn't really get something that's like two two point seven. I don't think necessarily. We were watching it in sexy four K, Lee, and uh, we really, really we f- didn't feel that four K. Oh, I was <laughs> smacked around the head with the four Ks. It was, it was amazing. I'm not convinced they shot in four K. So Ethan's asking his neighbour if they've checked the security systems, as he suggested that they should. And they <laughs> said, "Don't worry, no one's getting into our houses tonight." Uh, so we're, we're, we're painting this picture of yeah he's like we know then okay sure his business is something to do with some security systems obviously he's making money from the purge now and then we get this countdown to the annual purge which is 62 minutes away and everyone's very chilled like I'm, I don't care if this would be going on for 50 years like if you know you're an hour away from the fucking purge you are already in lockdown. Like, you're inside with fucking Yeah, that's why I was like, and- you haven't locked the house yet when they were like, oh, look at the time. Should we do it now? It's like, you're <laughs> fucking home. Do it as soon as you get home. It's fucking crazy. So weird. It's fucking crazy. Everyone's just so chilled. People are going out for, like, jogs and hanging out and, like, taking the dogs for walks. Like, oh, just I would, the like, the whole in, day before, I would have my house locked just Hell out of fear yes. that someone was going to sneak in and ha- be hiding in a closet somewhere. Yeah. Well, this is something we're going to get to later, but the stuff around the purge is what is interesting me on this viewing. Because uh, like I say, I have seen this film once before, and I remember having sort of enjoying it, but having some problems. It felt a bit sort of, I don't know, like didn't f- follow through. But this time watching it, like there were a lot of stuff where I was like, okay, a lot of questions for the logic Many of questions. the purge. Um, and then we're introduced to uh, Lena, the actress. I'm just going to call her Lena because that's how I know her. What's her real name in this movie? I don't even know. Zoe. Yeah, nobody knows. Zoe. I thought that was the daughter, Zoe. Oh, sorry. Mary. Mary. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to call her Lena. Yeah, they have a daughter called Zoe, yeah. And there's a behavioral scientist on TV explaining to us why the purge is such a good thing. Presumably explain to us, because you're not going to explain to an audience, like, a, you're not going to explain to people who have been living with this for nine years. 
you're going to be now's the time to tell you why this works nine years <laughs> later well, it's kinda, so it gives off us. the vibe that it's just like this very robotic routine they probably play that every year kind of setup like just yeah. like a almost like a hunger games type feeling where it's it's robotic and they're just like once again in case it feels kind of george orwell-ish just not done as well of like here's big yeah. brother we're going to control no, everything right. we're going to play these videos we're going to hammer home this is that like the standard God programming needs us to do this in order to maintain our sanity in our community yeah they do get into god quite a bit in this as well don't they mm. Yeah, like, like as as if this is meant. This is what God wants. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not exactly. Sure where that's reflected it's in the strange. Bible. <laughs> so Zoe, the daughter, she's upstairs getting kissy kissy uh, in her bedroom with some boy, who, when she says "I love you," he suggests that they growl at each other instead of saying "I love you." Very weird. And this is the guy who's supposed to be older and more mature. Yeah. So this guy. They keep talking okay, about how old he is. Yeah, they established this problem that he's 18 and she's younger, but they never say how young she is. So, um, and they're worried that her dad's going to be like really angry because he's told them not to be dating. Is that it? Like he found out they're I dating so. and they're not meant to be or something. So they're doing it in secret. But for starters, so we looked it up because this, this, they just look weird like that. And he is a year younger than the actress. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, well, she, she was 21 or 22 or something. Yeah, something like that. So he does look like he could maybe be 18, but she does not look like she's whatever age she's met. Because how old would you have to be if you're up? Yeah, like 15 or something to be upset. Yeah, my guess is 15 or 16. Yeah, I can't even, I mean, Jesus Christ. Maybe it's like a freshman in high school with a senior in high school or something like that. What kind of dad are you if you're pissed that your daughter's 16 and dating an 18 year old? I don't think they ever say, but like her character, I looked it up early on, it's supposed, she's supposed to be 17. So why is her dad really bothered about? Just because of one year? I know, it's crazy. You're kidding me. That no. makes no sense. No. They do. I mean, it is because they say someone's 18. They're talking about him, right? Not her. Yeah. 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 That's fucking stupid. It's bizarre. <laughs> that's, that's fucking stupid. <sighs> like, just like. Oh, that's really God. dumb. That's really stupid. But it is weird because, yeah, he's refusing to say I love you to her. And I've immediately written down as a note. It's like, is this because he doesn't love her? Or like, yeah. what's the deal here? It's weird. We'll get like to everybody it. says I love you. So overrated. <laughs> no, it's not Let's overrated. Do this animal noises. <laughs> His animal noise also totally sucked. It really did. He was just like, rawr. And she like <laughs> <laughs> she like tried to put some throat into it. That's she what this is what I was thinking about at this moment in the film. I was like, that wasn't even a good growl. <laughs> oh my god. It's so awkward. <laughs> And then they look out her balcony and someone's sharpening a machete in their yard. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do. I mean, here's the thing. You have to give this film its setup, right? You have to. Like, it's kind of a crazy setup. But you know right from the beginning what you're getting yourself into. So you kind of got to go with it. And I, I do like these things. Like, I like these little things of seeing how people are preparing for it. If you're just going to go with it, it's stupid and dumb. But it's like, all right. Like, you know... It's fun to see your rich neighbor who probably, like, you know, is a stuck-up businessman is out there sharpening their machete and they're just going to go and hack some people up. But my problem is how people react to it. It's like everybody just seems so fine with it that it's weird. Just them looking down, it's like, oh, look, he's probably off to do the purge later. I like, fucking hope so. He's sharpening a machete. Like, yeah. what is he doing? They, it's also kind of like they're in a wealthy suburban area. So it's like you're in this one cul-de-sac that probably the same types of people live in. So I'm sure all the people in that little cul-de-sac are all pro-purge. 
April purge. The only yeah. time they really draw attention to like being a little bit judgmental is when they're watching the feed and see two of their neighbors and they're like, they're purging. Did you know they were into that? Did you think they were yeah, going to be the kind of people to. They almost sound like, but it's, it's very trivial still. It's very just like, oh, it put, oh, it was weird. It's kind of like someone got promoted who shouldn't have. It's like, it's so weird how they talk <laughs> oh, about it. Interesting. Which, yeah, we're going to get, because like, okay, so we've got Lena, uh, it meets this neighbor. What's her name? This bitch. Grace. It's fucking oh, terrible. She shows up and I was like, your smile looks like a serial killer smile. She's, yes, <laughs> immediately you're like, she is mental. Yeah. Like, she's going to do terrible things at some point in this movie. They yes. model those masks after her face <laughs> that they wear later. That's what she looks like. She doesn't need it. It's true. Uh, yeah, so they're having this chat outside that's like a real, you know, middle class American sort of like fake conversation, white picket fence sort of thing. And then I made you some cookies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just thinking, don't eat the cookies. They're clearly like, that's what I was like, they're poisonous. Oh, don't yeah. eat anything given those to you. Cookies. <laughs> and then we're finding out. Uh, so she's, well, actually, she seems to be finding out that her husband sold this newest security system to everybody in their sort of area. Yeah. Which she doesn't seem to know for some reason, <laughs> which is good, you know, good family talks. And then this, this lady, Grace, is, is uh, asking what she's going to do. She's like, oh, we're just going to lock down, watch some purge events, nothing special. And then, uh, yeah, sorry, then Grace is kind of saying, oh, like looking at their, admiring their extensions on their house. And she does what seems to be a throwaway line, but we're going to get to later when she says, some people are saying that the rest of us paid for the extension on your house. Which you are immediately like, all right, that's a weird line to have unless something's going to come from that later on you. Yeah. Yeah. I immediately at this point... I had already, at, before we meet Grace, I was kind of in my mind planning how this film was going to end and was assuming that they're showing us this character, Ethan Hawke. He's a total dick talking mm -hmm. about how he's got new money, sold all these, was the top salesperson or a part of the top sales team. And so I immediately was like, oh, a bunch of people who work at this firm or security company with him are going to mm -hmm. team up, disable all of his security and just go in and fuck up his family and him. And then we meet the neighbors and I was like, oh, maybe it's the neighbors who are going to end up doing it. Yeah, it was just yeah kinda... that's definitely what I thought the first time was sure. I thought, yeah, this is going to be these neighbors. Like it's going to be all these rich people who you wouldn't expect, which not wrong with the rich people. But yeah, like I thought it'd be all the neighbors teaming up with like a personal reason who have, yeah, who he's installed the security system in a house so they know all the workarounds with it or something like that. Um, yeah. But no. They also, did you all okay. notice that people refer to them with three different last names? I got really confused, but I didn't know why. Is that why? The, so the first last name we hear is Sandy on the phone. They keep saying yeah. Mr. Sandy, Mr. Sandy, Mr. Sandy. Then somebody that he drives by calls him Mr. Sanders from his window. And then when okay. you're inside of the house and you see like trophies or ribbons or something, I don't remember. I think it was something with Zoe. We see that it says Sandin. What? So I was like, what That's... is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Are there, is there a secret story? And they're like changing... They're just changing and moving around, changing names constantly. I heard three iterations of their last name and heard really and weird, saw weird. written. That is, that is, yeah, I mean, I could believe on a production like this. Something like that just slips by through art and they fuck up. Really weird. <laughs> uh, so here's where we learn that they have another kid uh, called Charlie, who's operating the, what can only be described as the doll from Toy Story, mounted onto a tank. Yeah, his name's Timmy. <laughs> Timmy! 
Sorry. <laughs> it's fucking terrifying though. It's this burnt out doll with a Terminator red eye mounted onto an RC tank. And he likes for some he wears okay, so he wears these big fuck off glasses. I thought he was blind to begin with. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> he wears these big sunglasses, which we learn later is like Google Glass, I guess, but for this RC camera thing that he's mounted. Yeah. And it's and he's he sits in a closet for basically the whole film, <laughs> just operating this little thing. So weird. Like, He's also got some like health things going on that they never really address. They don't do anything with it. I was like, it's oh, like- this is he's going to need a doctor later and there's no doctors available and then nothing happens. <laughs> no, it pays off as we're going to get to in the worst fucking way possible. <laughs> it's so stupid. I don't understand. Because this again, like it's dumb, but this setup in this film is all good. It's like, all right, you're setting up the creepy neighbor. You're setting up some reason why people might not like each other. You're setting, setting up this up weird kid with this gadget. Wrong. Yeah, you immediately know with this little RC car camera things like, oh, I wonder if that'll come in useful. <laughs> <laughs> like everything is just like a tick the boxes screenplay thing of like introduce all the elements you're going to be playing with. And I'm fine with yeah. that. I'm fine with that. And yeah, he's like saying, I just installed a night vision program. So you're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and then says it plays music, which that doesn't really come in useful. No. Uh, and it's just so quiet. Fact. You can barely hear him. Yeah. What he likes old time freaky music. kid. <laughs> what freaky kid is putting a camera in a burnt out doll mounted to a tank and then is boasting to everyone, by the way, I just modified it so you'll never fucking hear it coming. But also in terms of sound design, first. you still hear it throughout the film. Everywhere it, you it goes, hear it. you hear yeah. the wheels. I'm like, <laughs> then don't put sound design for it. If you're supposed to not hear it, I hear it. <laughs> that is true. And it's one thing not being able to hear it, but it's got a giant red eye that's just glowing. Yeah, the that glows. Anyway, so... <laughs> But why wouldn't why wouldn't you want why wouldn't you want people to hear it? It's in his own house. Is he trying to like spy like, his parents fucking? Like, what? You. Oh. <laughs> why would you do it? Like what's the Grim. reason for that? It's really weird. So they're eating dinner. <laughs> Which, who is it who says this? Someone says, Isn't this amazing? Not one carb. Not one. <laughs> yeah. I think it's his it must be. I think it's his wife from the way that this is. It's his wife, started. I think, yeah. And my problem is, I immediately just, I don't like anybody on this table. Like, I just don't like any of them. I really don't. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I thought maybe the boy I was going to like, but he increasingly just does such annoying things throughout this film that I find it impossible to like him. But yeah, and Ethan Hawke's being really super smug here. And he's doing a little family trait. He's talking about his, getting everyone to talk about their day. He's that way he doesn't want to tell about a day because it's stupid because I'm a teenager. <laughs> Everything's stupid. Yeah. And this is, yeah, where Charlie's talking about his vitals. It's like, oh, I'm checking my vitals. These is my heart rates. And I, at that point, I don't know if he's just a dork and he checks his heart rates or if he has a medical problem, like you said. Because they never expand on that. I assumed he had a medical problem because they baby him so much and they're like, no, 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 stay calm. It's okay. So I figured like, oh shit, they're worried that like, if he starts to have a panic attack or something, there's, it could, it's you something know, progress to something to where they'd have... Well, yeah, they don't use it at all. <laughs> like the thing you're dangling has to happen. It's like, it's like the Chekhov's gun of medical problems. It's like you have to use the medical problem. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah, there's just something about this whole setup. It's like the art design in the room, the dialogue, the characters. Again, I sound like I'm hating this film. I'm not. I really love this setup a lot, but it's just the way they're presenting it. I'm just like, I don't, I don't like any of these people. 
Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, then they start talking about what they talk about, and then Ethan Hawke says like, "We're eating dinner, no penises." Oh, he's like, cutting out. Oh, he's her talking heart about the poem something. he wrote or something. Oh yeah. And then the daughter's yeah. like, "You should have said he cut off his own penis." <laughs> yeah, it's like we're eating dinner, no penises when we're eating dinner, and yeah. then he starts laughing like, "Yeah, but I'm a cool dad, so you know." <laughs> penises are fine. Penises is that are commentary funny. saying that violence is okay, but sex is not. That's yeah. very yeah, American. America American ideals. America, America in a nutshell. Yeah, it's very awkward though. Then you find this family stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I feel like they've all just met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they lose track of time, and then oh, it's time for lockdown. Yeah, like you're saying, there's no fucking way you lose track of time. Yeah, you would have done no that the second way. you got home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting people in like, in like straight jackets and, you know, like padded rooms and just locking them away. No one's going anywhere. Also with like how advanced they're trying to play off his security systems to be, you would think that they would have like secret rooms in their home and like floorboards that move that are covered with steel that yeah. you can... Like have access no, to to hide underneath. Nothing. Like no, they have no plan B. No plan B. If well, someone brings in learn, a big truck a. and attaches a chain to the outside door, exactly. like that's literally I mean, all. The plan took. A is basically a facade. Anyway, nah, plan B is a shotgun with with a cool handle on the top of it. <laughs> also, at the beginning of the film, he only arms himself. Yeah, he, like we'll get opens right, a cabinet right. of guns and he's like i need this you guys are fine <laughs> and just like that's it again all right all right all right all right let's get it let's get it so we learn here yeah that they have like a room of cctv cameras which show the street which i don't know how you get that legal <laughs> permission they got cameras on the fucking street somehow and then they see oh grace is having a party and despite her saying that they weren't going to have one this year apparently which he's like oh thank god we weren't invited to a party because she's nice but i hate her it's basically what he says <laughs> yeah so, I mean, does that give you any more clues at this point? Are you just thinking, oh, okay, that's what they were saying up earlier? Or are you thinking this party's going to have some repercussions later on? I was still assuming the party was... Because they, they play her as such a weird character, Grace. Mm. That yeah. As soon as you meet her, you're like, oh, this, this woman's up to something. Especially after going out of her way of being like, no, we're not having a party this year. And then they look out on their cameras and they're like, oh, she is having a party. That's weird. You're having a party. So you're like, oh, you're not in on whatever they're about to be doing. So, yeah, he checks his guns. He's got two handguns and a shotgun. Um, and then he does a key code and initiates the lockdown of the house. Huge steel windows come down. Huge on the window. Sorry. Huge steel sort of plates come down on the windows and the doors. As Ethan Hawke looks very smug indeed. It's like the most basic idea. It's like when you're meant to be, oh man, everyone's loving our new security system. Yeah, it's steel plates and stuff. <laughs> That's like the oldest security system you can imagine beyond alarms. And then they switch over to the purge feed. And then we get this tannoy system voice that comes over saying emergency broadcast system. This is not a test. So we get a few of the caveats to those rules earlier. So this is what it literally means when there's a purge. So is anyone on the internet right now can check this out? Because I forgot to check this out. Weapons of class 4 and lower are authorized. I want to know what a class 5 weapon is. We're guessing rocket launches is somewhere above <laughs> class 5. Well, they give class some examples weapons. of weapons that are not allowed. Do they, they list, don't they, after they say weapons class 4 and below, they oh, list maybe. a couple I of items. Too busy writing down my notes. 
Class 4 weapons are explosive devices such as grenades, rocket launchers, and bazookas. That's class yeah. 4? That's class 4. Those are what so are, are not those. allowed. No, it says weapons of class 4 and lower are authorized for use, is what they say. But then after that, they say, they list those weapons and saying these are not allowed, right? What? Well, that's contradictory. Or those I didn't are get allowed. That. That's so strange. The quote that I have written down is weapons of class 4 and lower are authorized for use. Yes, but then immediately after that, I think they start saying grenades, rocket launchers, blah, 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 are not authorized. <laughs> Can we keep doing this cycle? Let's the do it again and again. Down is weapons of class 4. <laughs> Here Third we go. No. Class 4, assault rifle or auto shotgun. Class 5, flame gun, grenade rifle, and mini okay. missile launcher. There we that go. That makes more sense. That's that makes better. more sense. Much more sense. So then they also say, exempt from the purge are government officials of ranking 10. And they don't say 10 and above, so I'm guessing 10 is just fucking the president and, I don't know, secretary of defense? <laughs> I don't know. Can you kill it? I mean, I think we, I mean, we'll see what we get with the sequels, but I think they might tread into that later. And now they say something I think is very interesting that me and Lee discussed for a bit last night after watching the first film. All crime, including murder, is allowed. The important being that all crime is allowed. Which, as we went through this film, I started to ponder on, you know, the stock market presumably is still open. Are you allowed to do perjury? Can you, can you yeah, do perjury <laughs> on Purge Day? Like, the amount of different crime, because all we see in this movie is murder. Like, we don't even see rape in this movie or anything. Like, it's just, like, murder. Um, so I'm interested, yeah, where they're going to go with that later. There's probably, no like, a, a Black Friday crowd that's just, like, breaking into Best Buy and stealing all the TVs. Yeah, exactly. Just in ransacking. What other crimes can you do in life? Uh, people do all the drugs that day. <laughs> all the drugs. All of the drugs. Lots of accidental overdoses. People are fucking jaywalking everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Just Everyone <mayhem>. speeds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's going to be no fire department and no hospitals until the morning. It's 7 a.m. when it ends up being, when it's, when it, yeah, the purge ends. And then a siren goes off. I feel this whole stuff could feel fucking, it could feel so cool. Like, it could feel really, really cool. Like, I like this idea of, like, the Tannoy system and saying this. It's kind of, it's really chilling and just so, like, factual about it. Yeah. And then hearing those sirens are always scary anyway. Um, I don't know. It's not quite doing it for me. I don't know about you guys. I think, I think probably be... Go ahead. I think earlier in the film where they, they're sort of really hammering home all the rules and the points, like, the really... The, the stuff that really drew me in was the CCTV at the start and then this emergency broadcast message. And for me, you get all of that information that you need from those two elements. And if that's all you get, and as a, as a viewer, you're kind of expected to fill in the blanks. I think that's, that's, that's far more suspense building and terrifying than all mm. characters going and, you know, hammering it home all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I also think the fact, which maybe this was just a budgetary restriction that they only shot in this house, it would have been a lot more mm. kind of sobering to pull out to like a wider shot of an entire city with just empty streets and, you know, the siren going off and nobody around. Yeah, I think, I mean, Lee was saying some of the stuff yesterday. I think it's actually kind of smart to stay small to begin with. I think introduce your concept that's very high concept. And let's show how that plays out only affecting a very small amount of people. I think that's actually the right decision to make here. As long as you get to make sequels where, yeah, you get to then expand that because then there's still exciting places to go to. Yeah. I just feel it's the way they're doing it here that doesn't 
resonate with me enough. Like it's it's yeah, the fact that I don't care about these characters immediately doesn't help for sure. Yeah. Um, but the cinematic kind of impact isn't here, and I don't think the money really. I feel there are great ways to do this for three million dollars. But yeah, I mean, but it's not feeling terrible. It's just you know feeling fine mm. for me. Yeah, so like Ethan Hawke's talking to his family, saying, "Look, I know bad things happen tonight, but we can afford protection." So, we'll oh my be fine. god, that line! <laughs> like, let me point, tell you why it? we're better than everybody else. We exactly. can afford mm. safety. But this is the problem: is like, yeah, this seems like a real, like he's got a real political point to make, which is fine. But don't do it with your lead characters because it means we hate them. Yeah, it's a real problem. And then Charlie's asking his parents why they don't purge, and he's Ethan Hawke's like, because we don't feel the need to. But if we did feel the need to, then we would. To which the wife looks a little bit shocked. But goes along with it. And he says, you don't remember how bad it was, Charlie. This night saved our country. <laughs> which I want to know how bad it really got in 2013. Uh, <laughs> it's weird watching from today's world, looking back, being like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, what has to happen for this to be the resolution, you know? It's like, like, I feel more important than telling us how great the Purge is, which we get pretty quickly, is to tell us how bad it was before, you well, know? Well, we have the first Purge coming up. We do. That's true. That is true. All right. I thought of it all. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Zoe's boyfriend didn't leave. Oh, my God. Then he surprises her. Uh, locked in after the purge. Before we get to him, can I just say, she's walking around the house wearing her fucking headphones. There's no chance in hell I would do anything to stop me being able to hear if there's someone behind me about to stab me in the neck or something. Like, yes. That's true. Stupid girl. <laughs> Particularly if you're apparently underage and dressed in a schoolgirl uniform for the entire <laughs> Well, you're just asking for it then, aren't you? You really Those socks. Are. Jeez. Yeah, you would take your fucking headphones out and change into something sensible that you can run a murder in. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, her boyfriend's there, she's all shocked, and then all giggly, and then it's not making out again. And then the TV's <laughs> discussing that some think the Purge is there to clean up the poor and get rid of the sick and those that burden the country. So this is one of the only kind of, yeah, hints we get at this, that social commentary of other people having a different opinion on it. And I kind of like that. I like that stuff a lot. Like, again, coming off the back of, we were just doing Romero's Living Dead, there's a lot of social commentary he tries to put into his zombie movies there. A lot of it's like, all right, buddy, you're saying the same stuff every film. Or mm. kind of sixth grade commentary. But at least it's saying something. You yeah. Know? Um, and I think they're good. I think the writer-director's got some good stuff here he's trying to say. Yeah, so then the wife goes for a jog on the... What do you call those things? Track? Treadmill. Yeah. Treadmill, thank you. I could not think <laughs> of that word. I was watching this film and I was like, what the fuck do you call that? <laughs> movie ends and you're like, okay, but what's the name of it? <laughs> I probably missed the next 10 minutes of the movie in my notes because I was, I was just like, it's a track. It's a track pad. And like, no, no, that's on my computer. It's a running track. No. <laughs> I was really getting hung up on it. Treadmill. I was thinking about Grace's cookies for a long time through this movie. <laughs> yeah, I was just kept being like, when are the cookies going to come back into play? Are they going to eat the cookies? I kind of wish I had cookies right now while I was watching this. <laughs> oh, no, I want cookies. God damn you. Yeah, we need to order food after this. Whoa. Charlie, meanwhile, is in his fucking cupboard, <laughs> just driving the creepy robot around, and Zoe and her boyfriend start making out and undressing. <laughs> and then her boyfriend says, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then he, then he says, I didn't come here. This is pretty, so good. He said, I didn't come here to see you. 
I came here to see your father. And the music and her reaction are so disgusted with him. <laughs> they both, they, the reaction from both of them is like, he's, he's come because he's in love with her father and not in love with her. It's so weird. It's like, if someone said like, it's like, if your boyfriend said, I didn't come and see you, I came here to see your father, you would not give him, like, she just recoils from him in absolute disgust. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, when should I bring this up? This isn't how this was written. Uh, this was conceived in a different way. Okay, I'll leave it till we get there. I'll leave it till we get there. No, fuck it. All right, so no. Apparently, Unless should I go with it, should I not? So yeah, he's saying he's come to convince her father that he can date her, and she's like, no, 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 this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. Um, but he's like, no, it's the best idea. It's the purge night. This is the night he can kill me. <laughs> yeah, this is the night he's really on edge. Let me surprise him. Perfect, perfect day. Because we learn it's not actually his intention. His intention is he wants to kill her father. Because then he can date the daughter. That's so many problem problems with solved. this. It's just so ridiculous. He just, he doesn't, and he doesn't even say anything. Um, okay, but just before we get to that, Charlie basically is doing his little thing, RC thing. And then he takes it into, uh, what is it, into one of the rooms. They're hearing some gunfire outside already. But they seem to think they seem to think that the hunting doesn't take place on these streets. Yeah, they seem surprised by the gunshots. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? They're like, "Oh no, nothing bad happens in this neighborhood," which I guess is quite accurate. It's not that weird. I think people in those neighborhoods don't think anything bad happens. <laughs> yeah, and then as they leave the room, we see on the CCTV that there's one figure like walking down the street, and Charlie sees it on his doll tank cam, and yeah, he's about to go and do something stupid. <laughs> And we cut to Ethan Hawke, who's doing this great thing. I know, Lee, you love this scene. He's, uh, he's, he's, looking, at, he's looking at online uh, some boats. He's saying, 10 years ago, we could barely afford rent. <laughs> now we're thinking of buying a boat. Crazy. And they're show- also, they're showing, like, little sailboats, not, like, fucking yachts or anything. <laughs> like, you like if you're going to hammer it home boat. this much, like, really go there. I love that that's your problem with it, Ali. The boats just aren't big enough. He's just like on, he just like got on Google Images and was like boat, and that's when he pulled up. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you can get a car in this boat. Huh, who wants a car in their boat? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, yeah, we get it. He's an absolute prick. <laughs> you yep. really get it. But then, yeah, the kid sees that this, this guy's outside screaming for help. So not only do they have these sort of static CCTV cameras that they can patch into on the street, but they all have brilliant sound as well. <laughs> but yeah, there are gunshots going off and then the kids like sees this guy screaming and he panics. So he decides, you know what? He'll let this guy in. Uh, but at exactly the same time as he lets him in and then shit sort of breaks loose and Ethan Hawke rushes to try and like see what's going on. The boyfriend comes down the stairs and pulls a gun on, on Zoe's father which so then Ethan like brings out his own gun and fires back at him and kills him. And then the, the guy who gets into the house, who we find out is this homeless man, disappears into this massive house that everyone just keeps disappearing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I missed like a wide shot of the house, but this house seems to be a lot bigger than yeah, I was imagining. Because they walk around think- for a long time without seeing each other. I think it's just camera trickery, though, because I know they shot on location. So I feel like it is a big house. But it is ridiculous how much of this movie is about, oh no, they just ran out of the room again. <laughs> However, will I find them? <laughs> what is um, the boyfriend's plan, though, ultimately? Like, if, if, if he kills his 
her dad and like well he's trapped in the house like what was his what's his next move like it's and it's yeah, he's like this will make my girlfriend happy exactly i'll get rid of and the it... thing that's keeping us apart <laughs> and she was just about to give him sex so it's like what are you even hoping for? what's gonna get better after you kill the father yeah she's <laughs> not gonna, gonna go have sex go, with you after that have no. sex with her and then kill the dad exactly exactly sex, you gotta think this murder. shit for sex and well, I, i'm turning that into a t-shirt <laughs> Sex, I thought men murder. We were talking about last night that I we kind of thought maybe possibly he was using her to get to her dad. Yeah, like, if he had like maybe yeah. his family works with the dad and had a grudge on him for exactly. some reason. Exactly, or they'd been sold a system that was really crap and they'd been killed or yeah. something. But not obviously none of that is explored, so you have no real idea what his intentions were. So it makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. We came up like we paused the film just to get a drink. Not to go down, not to go down to the pub to get a drink, but just to get a drink from the fridge. <laughs> Let's and we were get both a discussing beer. this. <laughs> yeah, we need a yeah. break. We we're both discussing this of like, oh, you know what could be cool because this is so stupid. What could make it cool is exactly what you're saying. If there's some like history here uh, where he's getting revenge for something, and it's about security systems that weren't working, last purge or something like that, and it ties in nicely. None of it happens. Nothing and that do sophisticated. Want, do you want, do you want to know why? Why? I can tell you exactly why. So tell director us. and writer. Originally wrote it so see if this makes any more sense to you. <laughs> he originally wrote it so that the daughter is trying to kill her father. <laughs> what? Because she's so angry with him for keeping her and her bo- her boyfriend apart. Oh aye, wow! Aye, aye. But the studio would not allow a daughter to try to kill Ethan Hawke, <laughs> so they forced him to rewrite it to be the boyfriend, and he was not happy with it. He was never a fan of the boyfriend doing this he didn't feel it it made any sense whatsoever well neither but the daughter really makes killing sense. the father made sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it makes more sense i think it's way more possible that like i mean not in their family not with those I was kind gonna of say, people he doesn't like, like if, if it was the father who's like abusive or you exactly. know sexually yeah. or physically or whatever or if she didn't look like a fucking just like a prom queen who's dressed up yeah. to look slightly alternative <laughs> but no i would i mean there's a way to sell me that more than there is a boyfriend Coming in and going, no, I don't want to have sex. I have to go shoot your father. <laughs> <laughs> this is more without, important to me right now. What are you breaking? Without, I just broke a bottle. Oh, <laughs> I just good. poured delicious soda all over the floor. One Lick second. it. Get a straw. <laughs> <laughs> That's now on sticky floor. <laughs> oh, That's going to stay that way till the end of the podcast. This is how life is. <laughs> now a sticky floor. Yeah, it's just so dumb. Which is just so dumb. But then, so he kills, he kills his boyfriend and, and then all mayhem sort of happening. What's going on now? What's going on now? Uh, oh yeah, then she just runs off, like, all sad and holds her boyfriend as he's dying. I'm like, really? He just, like, He just tried to kill your dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just shot at your father. <laughs> I don't feel, but again, these are, I guess, a remnants of what her character should have been like, which is way more angry with the dad. I don't know. But also, but end, I mean, I... Just- I'll cut them some slack on that just coming from she's in love with this dude. She's probably like very confused about why he would try to kill the dad and was like, I don't know, fighting off her emotions. Sure. 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 We've all been there. So sure. Sit by his side <laughs> while he dies. So we've got Lena, we've got Ethan Hawke, and we've got Charlie. They're hiding in a room. And then he says, you guys stay here. I've got a plan. Here's my plan. You stay here. I'm going to go. <laughs> you stay here. I go there. Bye. <laughs> That's his plan. And he literally says, I've got a plan. Uh, and he finds the boyfriend dead in his daughter's very, very pink room, which I hadn't noticed until that point. Very pink. 
but he decides to check the pulse because you know <laughs> zombies i don't know do like, i need what? to shoot him again <laughs> and then we see the homeless guy like walks behind him trying to build some tension with this homeless guy trying to obviously think i mean do we think that this is a trick do we think this guy's in on some ruse or do we think this guy genuinely needs help straight from them i Especially assumed I it was a good he guy was in on something yeah right yeah same i think and i do kind of like that tension of like okay he's in the house we've lost him in this labyrinthian enormous house <laughs> and we don't know what his intentions are but then zoe starts calling selena heads out to her it's always just freaking out and then charlie's shouting for her because he sees more people outside so then zoe just fucks off again this this mom really needs to sort of shit out because she's just like standing there between her two kids doing nothing like just like panicking and just like it's like come on just grab also, your daughter at the, at the worst times charlie's like mom mom <laughs> yeah like you, she's cover, literally Charlie. in the middle of a conversation with your sister you can listen to it she's right in front of you and your sister's fucking boyfriend was just shot by your <laughs> father <laughs> That's so why I'm like, there has to be issues here with the son that they're just like not addressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He has issues for sure. And seven people. Well, it says seven. Apparently it's eight, but I only counted seven, but I guess one was off, off screen. I walk up to the house. They're all dressed. Uh, now I had written down their dress kind of like, and it changes a little bit because later on they're like, they're coming from a riot club, like a prep, like private school party. But the girls for sure seem like they're like Manson chicks. You remember like the Manson fans? Mm. And yeah, I did read the director was obsessed with like the Manson cult and stuff like that. So right. a lot of this is definitely influenced from that. And they have these masks on, which have this like really crazy grin. They went for a hundred different masks, which were considered for this. And this, this is the one that they found was the, the creepiest. It was after they was cast this. Grace. <laughs> they were like, oh, you know what would make a great mask? <laughs> fucking face. Your face. They look a bit like, have you guys seen The Strangers? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. I'm getting that vibe here a lot. Me when too. When get to the house. Uh, but the strangers' masks actually I found creepier. But these ones are creepy. The fact that they're all the same is kind of creepy. Why then, they I, with what the masks, I don't understand do is like, why are they wearing them? Yeah. Because well, like, they say, there's the like lead... one for a line where they say they treat it like they're Halloween. Right. Well, okay. I was confused that like the lead guy just like took his off immediately and then just kept it off. And the rest of them were like, no. Yeah. Yeah, I had a big problem with that the first time I watched this film. Because, okay, here's a pet peeve of mine in horror films. Teenage idiots being the person I'm meant to be scared of. It's yeah. a real fucking pet peeve of mine. It's like when, when someone takes their mask off and he's like, oh, you're just a fucking idiot. Like, you're just a kid. You're just like, a frat it really boy. Me. Exactly. But I'm going to give some credit to this guy. Like, so yeah, he walks up. They're calling out for the guy, but for Ethan Hawke by name. And he ignores them. And then, yeah, one of the people outside rings the doorbell and then takes off his mask. And yeah, it's this guy. So he says, look, we've seen your blue flowers, which means that they support the purge, apparently. Mm. Um, yeah, and I say, hadn't noticed. I mean, I saw, I remember seeing him carry flowers coming home, but I just assumed he was like... They do talk about like that it. Touch. I'm in a couple bring... of points at the beginning. Yeah, I like that touch, though. I think that's cool. It's a nice yeah, little it's detail. Interesting. To be like, we support you, just leave us alone. <laughs> just go kill someone. Surely everybody has blue flowers out that night. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, let's pretend yeah, yeah. that we're okay with this. <laughs> yeah, so he takes his mask off. Uh, yeah, so he says, we saw your blue flowers and we know you're rich, so you're one of us. So we're immediately getting the point here of what they're trying to talk about. And he says, we're a group of rich, well-educated uh, guys and gals. And one target who's a homeless guy. He's a grotesque homeless pig who killed one of us when we were executing him. Uh, as we were entitled, as we are entitled, 
And he uses that word quite a lot in the film. Entitled, entitled, entitled. Mm. Which I like because there are a lot of entitled young kids these days. And a lot of entitled older people as well. And it makes me kind of angry. So... <laughs> I'm kind of with the director in how he's writing this character. And yeah, I don't, like, I see a freeze frame of this guy and I'm immediately, the fear's less for me, but he, he's doing a good job, I think. Yeah, I think he does a pretty good job. He ha- he, I think he does a good job with his expressions. It's not I, I, overkill I, I for me. I got a real kind of good Joker vibe from him. Mm. Huh. I thought he handled it really well. Yeah, I thought he had a yeah. good balance of, like, serious tone, creepy smile, like, playing around with the family inside. Yeah, yeah, the sort of bounce back and forth. Uh, we'll just do the podcast on Solo, and there's a character in Solo that does a similar thing to this, where he's sort of very affable, and then we'll just fucking turn, like, really serious in a split second, and that, that is mm. kind of scary. Yeah. It's when it's like, oh, shit, I don't know. I can't judge your personality properly. Yeah, when um, he shoots his friend, I was like, Yeah, oh. yeah get to that in a sec. <laughs> yeah, right. that really takes you. But then he's wearing this, like, blazer with an emblem on it, which is clearly a private school kind of, you know, it's, it's yeah. I mean, everything in this is very heavy-handed, but. So this is the point where I have a new idea about the purge system, which I said to Lee. It's like, there's a big flaw here, surely. So you get to kill whoever you want that night and do other stuff, apparently, but we're just seeing the murders. So the next day, because we hear the sirens at the end of this film, so the next day has to be cleanup duty, right? Yes. You gonna, do you know what I'm saying? Where I'm going with this? No, I was more curious about, like, I would like to see a film about the cleanup the next day. Of like everything <laughs> that happens from the most mundane Grim. thing to the like sweeping up guts from the street. I want to see that. We get enough sequ- sequels, we'll get there. <laughs> the day after the purge. Now, my point was, if you have one day a year where you're allowed to kill people, it wouldn't discourage people from being murderers. It would be murder as much as you like, keep the bodies like in a cooler, and then bring them out the day after Purge Day and just pretend you killed them all on Purge Day. Yeah, I doubt they go through and autopsy everybody to make sure people followed the law. It's like goods to declare, surely, you know? It's like you just declare them a bit later <laughs> when it suits you and you're allowed to legally get away. So anything bad that anybody ever does, you just like need to like No, I did it on just... March 22nd. Exactly. Is that part of what the Purge feed is? So they can actually monitor who's killing so who monitor the like... kills. Well, but if you know, oh, interesting. They yeah, do they just have kills, cameras though. like covering the entire s- world or the entire yeah, United that's what States? We're about. It's like what happens in Utah? You like, know, could you see a in... house like dragging out a body and placing it on the sidewalk and running back in? Yeah, they can't <laughs> check every kill. That's ridiculous. They can't but don't do. we have cameras everywhere now, guys? I mean, you know. I mean, me and Lee are in London right now, which is the most CCTV uh, place in the entire world. Really? There really are cameras everywhere. Yeah, there's more CCTV. There's more security cameras footage and everything in london anywhere so do you just walk around showing everybody your butt i do look at them quite often actually <laughs> i often think you know like when they do their stuff like oh this person's gone missing we last saw the back of their blurry black and white coat <laughs> leaving <laughs> from this. so i tend to like look up at them just in case it's like you know you know where i am <laughs> find me <laughs> ali i love that your instincts with cameras is show them my butt that's <laughs> yeah i wonder how many people just walk around and moon the cameras they see <laughs> not as many as you think hmm. Work on Not it. Enough. We're Not very enough. reserved. <laughs> you need a mission. Anyway. So yeah, these people say, yeah, we're like we're just like you. We were just after this grotesque homeless pig. They say they can get into the house. They just need to wait for a delivery to come. Um, and then they say, look, we don't want to kill our own. So then they cut all the power. This is why you never give your fucking kid the code to anything. 
Not even your, not your was, phone. Oh, yeah, there was a code. No I was about to say there system. wasn't even a code, but the, I forgot there was. There was. It's like, I don't, you don't give him phone, not your iPhone, you don't give your kid the code to it. You do not do it for your security system. Terrible idea. <laughs> um, and then his wife's like, but they can't get in, can they? And he says, well, the system works 99% of the time. It looks good. <laughs> now, it looks good does not sound like 99% of the time yeah. <laughs> to me. He says, people stay away. Things like this are not supposed to happen in it our neighborhood. It works as long as no one tries to break in. Basically. Because 99% of the time, they don't try to break in. I guess. All right. All right. So she says, is it impenetrable? He just says, nothing's <laughs> impenetrable. <laughs> yeah, nothing is. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, is this more good social commentary on this whole sort of, you know, we feel so safe in this fake facade that we put up and we can ignore all the bad shit that's happening around us because it never gets to us because we look, you know, rich and safe and happy the right way exactly yeah which i love all this shit i really do yeah just give it to me with characters that i like and with like you know i don't know just more interesting direction and but i'm happier because we've got these new people outside now so you feel the presence of danger and they've still got this guy inside who you don't know about yet so ethan just wants to give them what they want but his kid is saying like why should the homeless guy die and so he just says it's him or us which i think is fair enough <laughs> <laughs> Okay, look, okay, let's be honest, guys. What would you do in this situation? Knowing what he knows, knowing they can get in, and you got your family, and then this one guy, like, what would you do? Well, that's what I'm like. There, it blows my mind that this family is not better prepared, that there's not like yeah. a tunnel they've pre built to crawl into, or like an exit that nobody from the front of the house would know about. Sure. But that given, <laughs> if you're in the situation they're in right now, I appreciate Ali in this situation would have dug tunnels <laughs> and, and prepped Plan. for the fucking apocalypse. But what would you do right now in this situation? For me, I think I would just arm everyone to the teeth and sit tight. Try and make friends with a homeless guy. Because it turns out later, we obviously find out that he's a veteran, don't we? So he probably quite handy with So he's got to be all right. Because you couldn't, you, and a homeless guy couldn't be nice. But a veteran homeless guy. Well, that's the thing. That's what they play with, isn't it, later <laughs> on? But... um. No, I just, thought, I just thought in terms of, you know, someone who could handle themselves with a gun. So, uh, yeah, give everyone a weapon and uh, we'll sit in a corner. <laughs> Go upstairs and start shooting them from the upstairs windows before yes. they get into the house. Of course. I'm presuming, I mean, did they use grenades at any point? No, they don't, do they? They're not, You're not allowed. allowed to use grenades. Not allowed to use grenades. Class five. But they had different, they had multiple types of guns. So give everybody oh, a yeah. gun. Well, they only had two, two handguns and a shotgun in, in, that, in his house. Okay, well, don't have. give Charlie a gun because Charlie's not going to kill anybody. No, he's a fucking idiot. Mom, kill his sister dad, state, and the homeless man. Who, by the way, it really bothers me that they never give him a name. Yeah. No, he's called, what is he called in credits? Bloody Stranger. <laughs> Bloody Stranger. <laughs> it really bothers me. Like, for, like I, you're making a political statement, then end it on a positive note by like getting to know him and being like, look, what a nice guy. I'm called Steve. <laughs> I agree completely. It bothers me that they make him a veteran as well. I'm like, look, if you're yeah. making this point, which I think is a good point, then it should just yeah. be that he's a homeless dude. Yeah. Like, you should name him, yeah, humanize him, and then, you know, show to say, like, the fact that they're like, oh, but people might not like him. <laughs> All right, make him a veteran. <laughs> it's just like, that bothers me. I would personally, this is the point where I would fucking home alone my house. Like, I know what you're saying, you yeah. would have done it before, Ali. But is it a point where I'm like, well, if they might get in, just we got to fucking set traps. Just trap the shit out of everything. Yeah. Got to set traps. Has to happen. 
But instead, Ethan Hawke takes a torch, sorry, flashlight for our American listeners, um, and heads off looking for the guy because he's like, let's just give him the guy. And there's blood everywhere. And then there's all this cut up footage of the rich kids outside in their grinning masks, like swinging around very Manson, very, very Manson cult in this series. Uh, like the girls are like got their masks on making out with each other and stuff. And it's all weird. And Charlie's heart rate monitor begins to spike. So what are you thinking? <laughs> oh, shit. They need a doctor right now. Yeah, we're going to add some extra like tension to this with, oh, shit. They also, yeah, need a doctor. You thought Which is where wrong. any other film would have gone. Any other film would have gone there with this concept. Um, just look at it, like, go watch Panic Room. That's exactly what happens in Panic Room. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. So Charlie's using his little doll tank shank a camera to find the homeless man in the dark, uh, which is just ridiculous because he sees the homeless guy go behind a sofa and then decides to drive around to him. And then the homeless man's not terrified of this tiny robotic <laughs> tank doll with a red eye that starts flashing its lights at him. And instead he nods at it like, oh, I understand you. He tiny kind of ignores it at first and starts tank. walking away and then he keeps flashing the lights. So stupid. It's like you would just, you would, what would you, how do you know to follow the little scary doll tank? I think That's not why I would do. He's, I would seen, he's seen their entire family. He knows immediately when he comes in that the son is who let him in. He knows immediately that the dad and the mom are like anti having him in the house. And the daughter is just kind of fucking crying about her dead boyfriend who tried to kill her dad. So I think it would be a, like a pretty easy breakdown to be like, oh, this is a toy that the son has who tried to save me. I would, I would break it. The purge, the purge tensions <laughs> would get to me. And I would just go, no, kick it. Possessed tank doll. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the tank then leads him up to a room where there's a place to hide, like a little secret place, where we learn that Charlie is a fucking psycho. Because he has, he kid crawls, we learn he crawls into the walls of his house and draws crazy pictures and just posts them all over the insides of these walls. <laughs> and this is where he tells the guy to go. And we later on refer to it as, I'm going to go to your secret hiding spot, Charlie. It's like, why? Why is he living in a cupboard? And when he's not living in a cupboard, he lives in between the walls. He has social issues. That's what I'm saying is like, it's cool that you're introducing this, these qualities of this character, but address it and do something with it. Other yeah. than be like, oh, we have a weird son. He hides in the walls. Ha ha ha. Because he's not. Yeah, I don't get any of that. Like, I'm cool with that. I think that's interesting. All I get here is but Charlie's use it. fucking mental. Use it in a creative <laughs> way. He's really, really. Other than the me fact out. that he's going to save the man. I am way more worried about Charlie in this movie than the people outside the house. Like, I feel death is coming from within the house. <laughs> That's what I feel. <laughs> from Charlie getting everyone killed? Yeah, yeah. He's just going to, like, he's just going to keep trying to save this homeless guy and kill everybody. We get lots of creeping around in the dark with torches, which is one of my least favorite things in horror films. And then Sorry, the grinning wouldn't boy that have outside. been a hilarious ending, though, if that did happen? If what, just Charlie? Charlie and the homeless man were alive at the end. <laughs> They're like, oh shit, <laughs> we did bad, <laughs> we really messed up. That'd be so funny. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, so the grinning guy outside is calling out, Mr. Sanders, Mr. Sanders, who so comes to the front door and they talk through the window, um, which doesn't sound that secure to me. Well, <laughs> if you could talk glass. through your glass, yeah, if you could talk through your glass, then you could probably break it. That's all I'm saying. Ethan, tell, Ethan tells him, look, I'm sorry, man, but I can't find this guy who came in here. So the grinning teen guy... Doesn't really seem to care. And then one of his friends come over and starts shouting. It's like, you go fucking find the fucking guy, fucking, fucking, fucking. So the grinning guy shoots him in the face. This is pretty cool. 
you're telling a lot about his character. Yeah. He says our equipment like is arriving after. soon. Yeah, and he says like, yeah, this this bear in mind, that was my friend, and you are not. Yeah. I why you. why does everybody else so blindly follow him? Do you think like if he's willing to just shoot people randomly, why do you think everyone just sort of follows that guy? I buy. I really. I buy that completely. Like he's yeah. like the rich kid in the public school who's maybe right. got just more money or more connections than the other kids. Everyone's following yeah. him because we do at high school, isn't it? You follow the not necessarily the rich kid, but you have one person who's like for whatever reason Espe- the cool one. Yeah, especially if it is a cult like group, then there's going to be yeah. a leader. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you you respect the one who shoots other people <laughs> yeah. that coldly. <laughs> Otherwise, you might be in trouble. So yeah, this is where Zoe, the daughter who's been hiding in uh, who knows where, uh, she comes across the doll tank and she says she has her ex-boyfriend's gun and she tells Charlie, hey Charlie, because uh, she knows that he, this is how he communicates with the world through his little <laughs> doll tank. Uh, he says, stay where you are, I'm going to go hide in your secret spot. Meanwhile, Ethan Hawke is fucking acting his ass off. He really is. As he like, goes down these corridors, just like, I'm looking for someone, I've got my torch. He's, like, he's really <laughs> giving it everything. And then he finds the homeless man who had Zoe captive. He says, uh, the homeless guy says, I don't want to hurt any of you, but, but he's not going to die tonight. So then the kid decides to come out and he's like standing behind him. So Ethan's sort of got him. They're in like this weird sort of hostage situation. And then Ethan, he sees Charlie come out behind him, does he? Can't we tell? Charlie comes out behind the homeless guy. And then he says, you are dying tonight. You can either die like a man or like a coward. Don't say that to so him. Obnoxious. What the hell? Oh. But then stupid fucking Charlie cocks the gun. And then and then great parenting here. Ethan Hawke just goes, shoot him, Charlie, shoot him. <laughs> and of course he completely fucks up. Because that's all Charlie does this entire movie. He just keeps fucking up. I thought he was gonna shoot his sister by mistake. I thought that's where it was going. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> He's just killing them off one by one by mistake. That's what I mean. That's how it should have been. And Charlie's yeah. just like, this, just keeps killing everyone. He's like, he's like a little walking sort of final destination. <laughs> <laughs> just accidentally leads to everybody's death. Amazing. But Zoe hits her head and is unconscious. I didn't catch that at all. They tell me it. The mom comes up behind him and he realizes that the mom is holding a gun to him. So instead he like is about to run away. He throw Zoe to the floor and she hits her head. Uh, okay. I missed that. Uh, so Ethan and the homeless man have a little scuffle. They start razzing each other and Ethan knocks him out. But Ethan's fucking like, he's either, he's like Bruce Willis in Die Hard in this movie. He can handle <laughs> anybody. Like he doesn't, I mean, he looks fairly fit, but I don't know if he could take some of these people he takes. Is, this homeless guy looks pretty, like he works out for a homeless guy, you know? Like he's in he's good shape. Well he's rather well-fed for a homeless guy, isn't he? He, is. he he does not look to me like a homeless guy. <laughs> but um other than he has a hood. Bless you. Thank you. But <laughs> <laughs> so they tape the homeless guy up and then he's going, Oh, you're doing great, honey. You're doing great, honey, to his wife. Now <laughs> this just shows how much films have changed. Although I have to say horror films I always stick up for, they do tend to have some really good roles for women. Lena has a terrible, terrible role in this film. <laughs> She's just she a does. mess. Yeah. Does nothing. This isn't the most she does. She like ties this guy up basically. He's like, You're doing great, honey. But it's so patronizing. Terrible. Kick him no, down the, the most stairs. She does. Throw him she over does the ledge. The <laughs> <laughs> Ali is such a dog soul. <laughs> <laughs> 
Then the homeless guy wakes up. Ethan pins him down and tells his wife to grab the lantern opener and put it into his wounds. He says, he keeps he saying, says just like, just, just, just press it or whatever. And she goes, yeah, she stabs says, him over and over. <laughs> And she looks really reluctant. I said, no, I don't want to. He's like, no, just press it. Press on the wood. I don't want to. I don't want to press it. So he just said, stab, she's stab, like, stab. Okay. <laughs> she's so feeble. Okay, she doesn't know the difference between press and stab. I mean, Jesus. Oh, man. Wow. It's really funny. This is when I noticed that the homeless man had dog tags. I didn't notice until this point. And now the wife decides it's all wrong. After stabbing him a few times, she goes, look at you. Look at us. When did this happen? <laughs> but Charlie, in the mess, mess of all this, has just run off again. So I've just got written down for fuck's sake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've written down these just fucking kids. Children. Jesus. Keep your fucking children in one room. Like that's, it's just, come on. How, most of this movie is just Zoe and Charlie just running off and disappearing. Yeah. But you would think with all of the things happening, they would be like clinging to the sides of their parents. Yeah. Yeah. Not like running loose in a home that is no longer protected. See, I thought with Charlie doing some really weird shit, I thought that was just because, because he's clearly quite young, he's just grown up with this being a common occurrence. So he has no real yeah. concept of how to like behave differently in it. Well, he's the one, isn't he? Like, surely he's the one who should be fine with this because it's all he's ever known. Yeah. Like the teenage daughter I could get being more like, no, because she, you know, she's going to be rebellious with her parents. She's old enough where she would have spent the first nearly you know, 10 years of her life almost without, without the purge. Yeah. So it's like, I don't get why he's the one that they pick to have all the problems with the purge happening and he's all sort of frowning against everything that happens. Because I like, know you would be accepting. But then Zoe wakes up and she looks all dead inside and she says to her dad, look at what you're doing. Nothing is ever going to be okay again. And then they just let her run off again as well. <laughs> just disappears into the darkness. So the homeless guy, sorry, was it Bloody Stranger? Let's call him that. I don't like calling him homeless guy. It sounds yeah. weird. The Bloody Stranger tells him, go save your children and you can take me outside. So this is the guy, isn't it? Like, this is the guy where you mean like, okay, this is the one I like the most. Yes. What about you? Yeah. yeah. Completely. Yeah, and I just keep thinking, look, you've got a fucking shotgun on the wall, man. Why is that not coming to play yet? Yeah. Why all this handgun shit when you got this kick-ass shotgun? So Lena's off in the dark looking for Charlie and then we hear the cars turn up outside and they put chains on every door, every window... Um, and then the wife comes down, she goes downstairs, she goes, you know what, you were right. <laughs> Let's kill the fucking bloody stranger. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 you were right, because he's found his humanity in those few moments. Uh, because the bloody stranger did a nice thing. But again, you know what, it's stupid, but I, like, I do like that. Like, the bloody stranger shows that he's the bigger person, says, you know what, your family's more important, they can kill me. And that makes him go, shit, no, okay, you're a nice person. He's also I'll already bleeding out now. from the stomach, so he's like, either I'm going to stay here tied up and die. That's true. Or I'm going to go outside and die. That is true. Uh, so yeah, they both flip now. Um, so instead, Ethan gives Charlie a gun because, you know, Charlie's done nothing to fuck shit up. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then tells him to go into the basement and then to his wife, he says, we're going to fight. So he gives her some guns and then the schoolboy outside screams, the piece of filth that you're protecting serves only our need to purge. So I do like this idea even after nine years, yeah, there's a whole kind of, I guess, mentality to do with the purge. You know, it's this thing of, well, here's this thing that was in, created for everybody to blow up some steam, but there's this rich elite already seeing it as, well, this means you only exist for us to kill you once a year. 
Like, that's why you exist in the world. I think that's pretty, you know, dark and pretty apt to where that mentality could go to. Yeah. It's, well, like you were saying about him, kind of, the kind of rather cultish behavior of that group, it's become like a religious thing almost every year, isn't it? Yeah. That needs to occur. Yeah, you want to see how many friends they have for the rest of the year. Mm. These kids. So they just rip all the windows and doors off. They all come straight off. Uh, and it's pretty cool. Like, it's pretty, I don't know. Like, I do feel like it's such a great idea. Everything. I think everything in this film on surface level is a really cool idea. So just them even doing that, I am feeling tense. You are then like, oh, fuck. Because this family's a hot mess. Yeah. yeah. So if you can't keep your kids in one room, how are you going to stave off eight people with like assault rifles? And also, if you're, if you're going to fight back, you set the fucking homeless guy free, don't you? Yeah, like, they, they left leave him, him tied up. Tied up. It's like, what the hell? You need all the people you can get. They just left him to it. It's like reason with him and say, look, I'm going to give you a gun. Help us out. And I'll give you some cash. Oh, wait, you don't, you don't, don't have know. hands that you can hold the gun with. Sorry, yeah, you gotta yeah. go. <laughs> really stupid. Yeah, I mean, they kind of deserve to die. To be honest. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. So, like, all these kids are coming into the house with Uzis and shotguns and assault rifles and handguns. So we have this shot. So this is what I mean. This shot balls up everything I feel about this film. So we've got a shot of this sort of mansion chick, this presumably young girl. She looks like, you know, Faith in Far Cry 5 who's in a dress skipping down the hallway in slow motion with two machetes. This should be iconic imagery. Like this should be a shot which is like famous in horror lore because it should look like it's such a just it's such a cool idea. Yeah. And so simple and instead it's just not shot well enough. Like it's just not it, it's like yeah, this is cool but it doesn't work. Yeah. Really, you know? And this is how I feel about this whole film. It's like there's all these cool things you're doing. Just not executed. Reason, just, yeah. Just not thought through right, not executed right. This should be fucking cool. Like that shot, man. Like, oh, I want to see that shot properly. There is one shot coming up that I was like, that was really fun. And I liked that. Okay. All right. We'll get there. Is it Grace's bloody face? <laughs> no. Before okay. These preppy that. little fucks. Yeah, I will say I'm pretty angry about these preppy little fucks by this point. They're so entitled, it does make you really angry, which works. Like, that's yeah. pretty effective. And I want to see them killed. Like, I do want to see these, these fucking little shits get taken down. I'm not, yeah, I'm not necessarily scared of them, but I am really angry at them. And then, yeah, one of the masked men gets Charlie because he's shining his fucking torch everywhere. <laughs> he's like hiding in the basement with his torch out and he hears someone come in the room so he shines his torch around a bit more and then hides hey, and then I'm goes in to here. look <laughs> I also don't and understand why Ethan Hawke was like go hide in the basement and I was like oh okay that's good they have a basement there must be like a hidden doorway like a somewhere something. no it's literally a door that he leaves open <sighs> yeah there's no world where you're rich and you live in a purge universe and you don't have a panic room and you run Absolutely. a security yeah. company yeah there's no world you have a everyone has a panic room in that street like it's incomprehensible yeah yeah but yeah so ethan turns up kills this guy saves his son but no one else goes downstairs despite a lot of gunshots that happen down there <laughs> so then we see the I'd preppy probably stay boy. away from the gunshots too <laughs> no but like the prep the preppy people like oh oh they're just playing so they're having a grand time me. The preppy lead boy sees a picture. Now, is it of Zoe or the wife? 
I don't know. He like looks at this picture and he seems interested in it and kind of smiles and then walks I off. Think I think it's Zoe because doesn't he say so. that one's for me? Leave that one for me or something. Yeah, when he's in Zoe's yeah. room, the other guy. Mm. Yeah. So it's weird because you see Zoe seems interested in her, but then she's and then we cut to her hiding under a bed. Yeah. Which by editing rules tells me that's who he was looking at. Yeah. Ethan then kills one of them. He then runs into a boy and a girl who are in the pool room. Again, you got a pool room and no panic room. Priorities. <laughs> Priorities. And this big fucking fight and choose. I, this, this bit's pretty cool. Well shot, to be fair. Um, I really like how he kills the girl as she's like jumping off the pool table and she like smacks her head and falls That's down. what I was going to yeah. say was a cool shot. Is that the one? She like dies halfway through her jump and her body just like flops around the air. It's so cool. Yeah, that is that is cool. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, stunt work. Like I was looking at it going, fucking hell, man. That must have hurt. It was cool. Uh, I liked the uh, the balls to the head, as it were. I thought it was yeah. quite cool. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, I noticed you chuckling at the balls in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then wasn't there a shot where he was like slapping Ethan on, like, on the ass with a, a pool cue or something over and over? Oh, I, I missed that. that. Was he really? I missed that. I I've just I've, I've put <laughs> pool cue slaps on the ass on my notes. <laughs> I may have imagined that. Maybe just just like wishful just, thinking. Here's where I want this to go. <laughs> this is a no, because I just I remember setup. it standing out and being like almost kind of like a parody shot, like smacking him on the ass. You know, like that's not funny. Test too much. Anyway, yeah, he does smash the guy's face into his pinball machine, which was painful because I, yeah. I love those pinball machines. <laughs> And then another guy turns up and he buries an axe in that guy's back and then blows his head off. It's pretty fucking cool. This whole scene is like, okay, this is the energy I want the film to have, you know? Well, he becomes an absolute badass, doesn't he? Like, absolute killing machine. Out of nowhere. It's amazing. You know, as IT security businessmen tend to be. Also, absolutely. This is where I kind of start to have problems because it is cool and the energy is exciting. But I'm not buying that he can fight off two people or three people at a time. Because <laughs> I'm like, you no, have fucked up so many things, including the reason all exactly. these people are in your house. You are like the Ikea of security companies where it looks fine, falls apart the second you touch it. I don't Completely buy agree. that you're able to like fend off all these people. And this is kind of this is one of my problems with not all horror a lot of horror is that you keep <laughs> having these just like happy coincidences of just like oh he's about to die it's gonna happen it's gonna happen never mind someone comes in and saves him right at the right moment oh and he's gonna die now oh no never mind somebody's here now again <laughs> yeah and it just keeps happening just oh, like there's no way so he would much. be dead immediately so much you always know when someone's about to come into the room because the music goes when they're about to die and then yeah someone comes in and saves it yeah yeah it happens so much in this movie yeah, and I'd argue this isn't like these scenes. I'm liking them, but they're not horror really scenes. It is, you know, action sort of thriller stuff going on. But yeah, he's, yeah, I can't buy him at all as being cool enough to do this stuff. Not at all. I'm just happy that something's happening and I'm yeah having some fun with it. But yeah, I don't believe it. And I don't know if I'm meant to be liking him yet just because he changed his mind about the homeless guy. But then, yeah, the grinny preppy boy just turns. Oh, actually, how? So he looks down at the girl he's killed and her mask is off. And there's this weird moment as if it means something. I don't really know what it is. I don't know if it's like maybe because she looks young. I thought it was because like, oh. Hugh looks young and just reminded him 
of his daughter. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that my daughter's in this house somewhere who I'm not looking after. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, surely they all look young because we've seen the lead guy and he's like 12. Yeah. yeah. So then, yeah, the lead guy comes around the corner and just stabs him. And then says, was his life worth yours, your family's? And then thank you for this unforgettable purge. And then he kisses him on the forehead um, and then walks off with him not dead. Yeah. Which is an interesting decision. I feel he would definitely make sure the job is done. Which is also weird because Ethan Hawke does die in a few minutes time. So it's like, just kill him here. Just do it properly. Don't give us the horrible scene we're about to see. Uh, but no, Charlie's watching the CCTV cameras and then the neighbors turn up and start shooting the people outside. Lena gets pinned down by two of them, but then the couple from outside shoots these and save her. And then they find Ethan bleeding out. So she calls to Charlie and Zoe to come and watch their father bleed out. <laughs> come watch your father die. That's what she does. We all hate him. Come, come out. <laughs> Why can you just do that before? <laughs> just call them. But then Preppy Schoolboy turns up again. Zoe shoots him. So many people. This is what I got written down, just what you're saying. Alex. So many people getting saved at the yeah. last second. It's ridiculous. Um, and now we get finally, finally the great narrative payoff for the kid Charlie and his heart monitor. Oh, the fucking problems hell. He might be having. Oh. <laughs> so the family are huddled on the stairs. They're cradling Ethan Hawke, who's like bleeding out. And then he just takes his heart monitor off and just puts it on his father's wrist so they can so hear him die. Dumb. Every part of my body cringed at this moment. Like, why? So bad. Why? Was this the only reason for the heart monitor to exist? Like, you don't put that in unless, like, you have to go to that point and go, you know what would be cool? If we heard his heart stop. <laughs> and then you work it backwards from there. That's how you do this stuff in the script. So it's like... What fuck? I mean, I know what fucking idiot because it's the writer director, but no one else worked on this. But it's so stupid. It's really pretty. Stupid. The thing yeah. is, though, people might not know he's dead, so we need to like have a heart monitor beeping, and it's oh, for God's sake, Jesus. <sighs> anyway, then they're surrounded by the neighbors who they think are there to save them, but they turns out, you know what? You weren't invited to a party because you're. We're, we're sorry. We're only here to save you because you're ours and not theirs, and they don't want these kids killing them. They want to kill them. So she says to tie them up and kill them all right there. Which doesn't make really sense, by the way. It looked like... Sorry, what? Doesn't make sense. Like, if they're going to get killed by the kids, just let, them, let the kids do all the dirty work and kill them. Like, I don't know. They want the satisfaction, man. They want the satisfaction. <laughs> I got really confused because I thought it was daytime because it looked like the sun was streaming in, but it's just the yeah. cars outside. So I kept thinking, oh, is the siren going to... Are they going to take so long warming up that the siren's going to go Cuts off and suddenly off. they're not allowed to kill them? But yeah, so then uh, Lena's like, why are you doing this? And Grace's answer, which she does, apparently she was directed to not blink once. So she doesn't blink in the whole takes, which is why she looks really weird. <laughs> said, you made so much money off of us and then you shoved it in our faces. <laughs> <laughs> These are the problems, people. Why people need the purge is for things like this. Uh, so they encircle the tied up family, the weapons poised, and then Timmy the robot turns up. And the homeless man they saved grabs the woman leading the party, kills one of them, and then tells them to set everybody free. So guess what? You do nice things for people, like leave him tied up in the basement <laughs> until he'll set himself free and still come and help you out. So then we cut to them. They're all sitting around the table. Daylight is streaming in now. Uh, they're all having a little cup of tea, or Lena is. And then uh, the blooded stranger says to Lena, it's your call. You want to kill him or not? And Grace is like, just fucking kill us, kill us, kill us, kill us. But she says no. It's one minute to seven. The sirens go off. It's the end of the purge, isn't it? Oh no, sorry, it's not quite off there. Sorry, sorry, my bad. 
Our kids are just sitting on the floor over the over Ethan Hawke dead. I love this. It's been hours. They're just, just sitting hugging on, on him. Oh man. And then Grace tries to grab a gun that Lena's leaning on. Uh, so Lena just smashes her face into the glass table and breaks her nose. It was really funny. Whole film. It so was a good. good a good moment. It was like it's violent. That's nasty. Yeah. And then her uh, line after was so funny. Just the two paired together. Yeah. Well, it's they get the hell out of my house. No, where she's like, I don't know what exactly she says, but basically, like I said, every it was no awesome. more killing or no more violence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, there <laughs> won't after be smashing any more her face tonight. in, she's like, I said. <laughs> yes. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. No, she really, she acts well in this thing. Yeah. She's like, there's a lot, there's a lot coming out of her. I think it's good. So then the blooded stranger puts the gun down and goes to leave. And uh, she asks if you're going to be okay. And then she tells him, thank you. And then we hear the police sirens and we end with the news as credits roll. So we get news from all around the world, all around America, I mean, as credits is rolling, saying this was the most successful perch ever. There was a public vigil in Times Square being held today, thanking those who were killed. The markets were up as gun and security system sales were released. And guess who had the most participants, Allie? Let's hear it. Dallas. I'm not from there. I know. <laughs> had to be Texas, though, right? 200 Texas people. is a big place, my friend. Nah. Uh, 200 people in the town square purging at the same time. So you get the idea that's what the director really wants to be shooting, but he couldn't afford to. But I do think it's important. The very last thing we hear from this news feed is someone ringing in or being interviewed or whatever. He says, I lost my two sons last night. I was a proud American, but I'm not anymore. Um, and I think that's definitely, you know, very deliberate. That yeah. We're left with that. It's a cool somber thoughts. note to end on. Yeah. Yeah. And that was The Purge 2013, Woo! guys. Purgy, purgy. Any other facts that I have about this before we move on? A weird one here is, oh, well, an interesting one. The Purge falls on March the 22nd. The day before March the 22nd is... March the 21st. Which, if you're reading that by the American calendar, is... 321. 3, 2, 1. Oh, wow. Clever. Nice little Uh note that they did there. Yeah, the director said he wanted to talk about also in providing for your family how you turn a blind eye to your ethics. That was something he wanted to discuss with this film, which I think he does, just not in a very subtle or deft way. (laughs) Yeah, and the weird thing was like, we remember when we were watching a bit of the making of, and one of the writers says that Lena was born into the purge, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Which makes me feel like they don't know what they're talking about when the writer director says that. And then there's an interview with the actor who played the daughter, and I just write this down because it kind of, uh, yeah, the phrasing of it annoyed me, but she said, if the government could get rid of those people, and she's talking about, you know, the people they're saying the purge is for here, like get rid of the sick, get rid of the you know, the, uh, get rid of the homeless, get rid of all of the, like, people that rich people in this film are singing are sucking on society. Like, if the government could get rid of those people, would they? And she mm. says it in, like, it's a really pointed way, like, I'm a smart person. <laughs> and I think what's interesting about this film is that they're talking about the public and not the government, necessarily. Like, the government sets up this system of, you can go do what you want to do. Maybe they have intentions, maybe they don't. But what I like about this film is it's not blaming the government for stuff. It's really about we're giving you the freedom so to decide whether or not you do this. Exactly. Exactly. So I felt that that was the wrong way to interpret this movie. Like, I, I don't, I, I mean, we're probably going to get into government stuff in the other films, but I like 
that this film is about the darkness in real people and obviously obviously it's very american aimed this movie but you know mm. i think it bridges many different continents not much else that i have to say about this one uh factually um so i should get into your feelings guys and then what you want to see from another perch movie uh let's start with you lee tell us how you felt about this movie and yeah what do you want from a purge 2 i actually i really enjoyed it it is ultimately just a high concept home invasion film which is no bad thing but i think if you're going to have such a clever concept as a purge day you need to really clearly define your rules better and i think the like you like you were sort of saying, it's not this film is not subtle in any way, shape, or form. And I think a much better version of this film would probably exist if you trimmed the fat a bit in that script and you gave viewers kind of a bit more credit in terms of filling in the those kind of political gaps themselves. Because it just felt a bit by the numbers horror in a lot of ways. But no, I did enjoy it. Yeah, because you didn't sound like you enjoyed it that much when we talked through it. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Okay, all right. Well, what do you want from another one? Or do you want another one? I, I, I just want them to take that concept and handle it in a more grown-up way, I think, in a more intelligent way. Do you want them to stay like with one family or something, or do you want them to do something? I could, well, like Ali was saying, it would be interesting to kind of pull out and see a city and see all of that. But I, I quite like the individual stories and the smaller, how does this big event impact day-to-day people you know and we've seen the we've seen the kind of upper middle class and the people who can normally do all right on these evenings but like what about your average person in the street you know how do they deal with these these purges that's what i'd want to see next okay okay allison holland uh i agree with you on a lot of notes i think the concept is so cool i think it's has the ability to make a really really big statement if they had had i think more clever and less messy ways of doing it rather than hammering home so much like yeah here's what's happening realize all the good it does i promise it's helpful for our country look at all the good things let's look at the stats again hey this is a good thing and it's just like really over and over and over over the top so i think if they got like i kept comparing it to get out just because they're both horror Mm. genres that make a big political statement and i think there's so much in get out that even like i went home and researched a bunch of stuff and saw all the references from artwork to lines that just went over my head to things that are all references to history or to things that are happening in our country right now which is i think a really cool way to handle it and i kind of wish this had done more with that so my immediate reaction is that i wish they had done more with it which I, it's interesting coming to this film from today's political climate, just because I'm like, man, yeah. I wish you had done more with it. There's so much opportunity here, but I don't, I wonder if I would have felt as passionately for that, for them to do that if I had seen this in 2013. So then that being said, it makes me really excited for, initially I was super excited for election year, but then I realized it came out in 2016, which means obviously they knew it was an election year, but it was filmed beforehand. So it was filmed before any outcomes had been decided, which there were no outcomes until the end of 2016. So none of that is really played in other than maybe the banter back and forth that we had seen. 
so I'm excited for the one that's coming out soon. Mm, Just because I think purge. if it's it's called the first purge, that's clearly going to take us back to how this started nine years prior to the film we just saw or in the world well, of we the film. It'll be set in 2013, which yeah. would be interesting. Yeah, mm. which is crazy. It's a period So piece. it's, I think, I'm hoping that they got a cool team to play with that a lot and to play with showing us the political powers that created this thing and their scary following. Just because as you're talking about, Al, it is like, obviously like, from my political standpoint, not a fan of Donald Trump, but what's scarier is how many people follow him and agree with him and like people that we're surrounded by. So I think that's an interesting concept to tackle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I'm excited for the new one. Can I just yeah, say as well, I mean, like in with this, I for me, a more interesting version of this would have been just the neighbors being the home invaders and middle class Americans just attacking their own, you know. Because I yeah. The end of the film, I don't know, I, where they arrived, that for me was more interesting. But anyway. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, we're all kind of on the same page, which is interesting. I, I, it's such a good concept. Like, I mean, the concept is dumb. It doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't, you follow it through and even yeah. just some of the stuff we poked at, it doesn't work. Not logical. I don't care. It's a great idea for a film series. And there's so much you can do with it. And that's what I love about this. I think it's very unique. It's like we're talking about the other big films that are coming out annually. Uh, just at this point and before it, you've got Saw, uh, you've got Paranormal Activity. These are films that, by their very nature, every sequel is hard for it to be as good as the first one. It's difficult or it's effective or to like tough. With Saw, it's tying in story elements. With Paranormal Activity, it's like recapturing the spookies. And even though I think Paranormal Activity 3 is the best one, you know, it's not really doing anything different from the others, really. Whereas with The Purge, it's like the idea is so good that like think about just even on the radio reports you hear at the end. There's like five different stories you could do there. There would be five yeah. drastically different films. And then you look at the CCTV stuff at the beginning. Like, there's so much stuff you could do with this. And if they opened it up beyond America, like there's so much stuff you could do with this. If this became yeah. a worldwide purge. Like what is the rest of the world thinking about this? Yeah. America just does a purge once a year. It's like, oh, I don't think so. Like you're either all in on that or not. But even in America, like there's so many different states, so many different like geographies i would love to see stuff like in you know in the deserts and in like you know pines like you know like forests and towns yeah. and stuff like that and, it could be a cool montage and, opening of like showing some people yeah. partaking showing some people protesting showing some people in this east coast west coast yeah. middle america because it's just a great excuse it's like on this one night crazy shit happens and whatever you want it's like any horror film you think up could happen because some crazy fuck is going to want to do that thing. yeah and i think that's i mean other than obviously like monster movies or whatever I, th I think it's the, I honestly, I cannot think of a different, another horror film that has had as fruitful a, an idea for what you could then do with a franchise. Because every film could feel completely different, deal with completely different things. And I love that. Personally, yeah, I would like them to keep it with always a small group. Um, it could be strangers. It doesn't have to be a family at all. I would like a family. I mean, I would like a group that I like. <laughs> that would be important to me. I think I do know, I think what happens in, what the setup is, I mean, of the second one. Um, the only thing that's worrying me now, because I've actually, like, I watched that first one and I felt pretty much the same I did the first time, which is that I love this idea. The film's fine. Like, the purge is fine. It's not terrible. It's not great. Yeah. There are a couple of fun moments in it. The acting's not terrible. Like, it's just the characters are not great. And the writing's not great. And the DP, like, the cinematography's not great. But with, you know, and they could have done more with 3 million. I really do think so. But there's some effective moments there and the setup's cool and I like these kids outside and all this stuff. And 
a lot of the messages is trying to deal with. I actually got really excited about the second one. When we finished the first one, I was like, you know what? This is so rare. Where well, I'm really excited about the second one, even though I didn't love the first one. I really like the poster for the second one quite a lot, um, which we'll get into. Uh, well, there's a few versions, but the one with this painted face. The thing that's got me worried now is that I learned today that the same writer-director of the first one wrote and directed the second one, wrote and directed the third one, right. and wrote but did not direct the new one that's coming out. Maybe we'll see uh, growth. So yeah, maybe we will. Maybe, and I hope so. Certainly wouldn't burn a director for one film. And I don't think, again, I don't think it's terrible, but I just didn't see much vision in here. You know, there wasn't much flair. It wasn't even like a failed flair. It was kind of like, just felt very just you know, functional with how it was made. But hey, I really hope to be just surprised. And the one thing that does get me excited, this film, $3 million budget. The next film, $11 million budget. Ooh, yes. So that's a huge jump up, which means there's a lot more they could potentially play with and he could actually do the ideas he wanted to do with this one. So let's hope that happens next week. Until then, however, you can head on over to wearegeeks.com. Wearegeeks.com. You can listen to all of our previous podcasts, we've done A Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Child's Play, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Friday the 13th, Hellraiser, Romero's Living Dead, we did some Danny Boyle, we do Star Wars whenever those come out. Uh, we just put up a solo one if you're listening to this at this time. What else? And we also then yeah, have our weekly podcast called Geeks, which is not weekly anymore, but hey, when it's up, it's up. We talk about topical <laughs> games, we talk about topical movies, we talk about the stuff we do ourselves because we're all involved somehow in entertainment, mostly in movies. And we are, while you're on weirdgeeks.com, hit the little uh, black circle emblem and you can head on out to weirdtesla.com. The Weird Production Company, run out of London, LA and Tokyo, making feature films, short films, music videos, albums, uh, video game apps, other stuff too. And you can learn all about that either by listening to our sporadic weekly shows, Geeks, where we will talk about it a bit more nowadays, or by following us on our social medias. I'm going to be talking about the feature film we just finished called Starfish. Which we've been working on for too long. <laughs> too, too long. <laughs> Ali worked on that with me. I did. We made that thing. We did. did we did. Uh, so people can say, yeah, all these terrible things we're saying about other people. People can they do can a podcast on ours. Please, be mean. It's fine. <laughs> just, Send just us hate mail. Have we set up fuck you at We Are Geeks yet? Oh, I don't think we have. <laughs> we, we have to, to do, do that. that. We really need to do that. Yeah, we have to do that. We'll get on that yeah and if you don't want to email us through our website because you just don't like going on those urls then you can just send mail at weirdgeeks.com mail at weirdgeeks.com and you can tell us your thoughts your opinions say hello send us pictures of your face uh nothing else please or your cat and <laughs> you can also tell us anything that you want us to cover we will put it in our log and we will probably talk about you uh, behind your back. So I'm on the social medias as Mr. Alwhite, M-R-A-L-W-H-I-T-E. And also on the Xbox, where you can play Friday the 13th, PUBG. They got a new map up on there, which me and Lee were playing last night. Very scared. Don't know what's going on. And also other games as well. Lee. You can find me on Twitter at LeeComleyITV or Instagram, uh, just LeeComley. Allison. You can find me on Instagram as Sue. A-L-L-Y-S-U-E. Stop sending me fucking ridiculous dog pics. I'm going to keep doing it. I haven't done that in a while. I'll send you more. Really annoying. Really annoying. Fire me. Uh, thank you guys for joining <laughs> me for the first in this. I look forward to talking to you both next week where we'll be discussing the purge, colon, anarchy. <laughs> 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 We're out. Geeks. 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 <laughs>